Thank you for flying Mad Lads. X's can be found at the front and rear of the podcast. Your pilots know nothing more than you, nor should you think they do. We are just clueless as the rest of you. Please put all tray tables and seat backs in their upright positions for takeoff. This podcast does cuss, and we fucking mean it, so we do recommend 16 and above. Please fasten all seatbelts until we have turned off the seatbelt sign. During the flight, many topics may be discussed and many ideas may be shared. None of which should be taken as fact or even the person's actual belief, but merely a debatable viewpoint. Thank you for flying Mad Lads, and we hope you enjoy the cast. And welcome every day, uh, everybody, to today's podcast, recording on a Tuesday, airing to you on a Friday. We are joined by uh, a very special guest today, Mr. Freddie Ray. Hi, Freddie. Hey, everybody. How you go? How's it going? Pretty good. And hey. <laughs> as always, uh, I am Mad Hatterand. I'm guessing you're pointing to me, a age developer. And I am Clickit. Welcome back, everybody, to another week's podcast. Good time. Well, uh, let's just start with Freddie. Uh, first, right off the bat, I want to I wanna put it out there. Freddie has his own podcast. You guys should go check it out. Where, where can you find your podcast? Uh, it's on Spotify, Apple, Amazon, you know, all the, all the typical spots. Called yeah, what's Ballad. it called? What's it called? The Ballad of Freddie Ray. What a great name. I love it. Yeah. And, and, and it really is. And the reason I bring that up, because I actually knew the name, um, is that it, it's so indicative of why I asked you on the show. Uh, Freddie, you, you've lived quite a life, and you're still living quite a life. I, I watch your Facebook posts and stuff. Um, I'm trying. Yeah, you're doing some great shit. Really good stuff. Um, I, maybe we should start at the beginning, um, where we met. What's the beginning? Oh, okay. Way back. Way back. Way back. So, Freddie Ray now is a tattoo artist here in Fort Wayne, Indiana. Um, but at one time, he started, uh, at least my experience of Freddie Ray, started for me uh, as a tattoo artist, but actually as an undercover police officer. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. Uh, boy, I was a police officer for about 23 years. And wow. give, or, give or take about 10 of that, I was undercover in, in different forms but undercover narcotics for about i think it was nine or so did you guys um and this is more of a lead-up question uh but do you feel that more often than not you weren't targeting narcotics dealers but more fish not big fish well you know it's the whole thing's a game right so to get to the big dealers you have to target small fish because the idea is to to catch the user and then the user turns on on his small time dealer and when you catch that small time dealer they turn on their supplier and eventually it's you know you're working a, a chain essentially um you know given enough time you you get to a level in your career as an undercover where you're only you know, only, only getting the big cases. Yeah. 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 But when you first start off, you know, you're just, you're doing small, small level stuff and, and working your way up. Man. That's, so would uh, you ever I mean, find yourself? Oh, go ahead. No, I was just gonna say that's gotta be, that's gotta be a hard path. Uh, go ahead. 
I was just going to say, uh, did you ever find yourself working like festivals and stuff like that, trying to get people that were like smuggling stuff in? Um, you know, we used to, uh, back in the day here in, in Indiana, there was a, uh, a amphitheater, a music amphitheater in Indianapolis called the Deer Creek Music Center. And, uh, you know, anytime Fish, Dave Matthews, The Grateful Dead, OAR, anytime they came through, they, they would have undercovers from around the state come down and work that crowd, you know, because it's probably the crowds maybe... 50, 60,000 people. I don't know what that line seats. Um, but yeah, we would just go walk around the crowd and, you know, jack up people's feet and stuff. Um, <laughs> it, tur- it turned into quite the mess after a while. You know, it's hard to, it's hard to make an arrest in the middle of a crowd of 30 or 40,000 people. So. Right. Um, okay, so with that, I guess it becomes a question of, do you... I met you undercover as a tattoo artist. You retired from that and became a tattoo artist. Do you feel that had you not been a cop, you would have ended up there? Or do you feel that because you had the experience while being a cop, it led to that avenue? No, I don't. uh, Um... You know, if I hadn't become a police officer, I wouldn't have gone undercover. And if I hadn't gone undercover, I wouldn't have started getting tattoos. And if I hadn't started getting tattoos, I wouldn't have learned to tattoo as part of my cover. And if I hadn't learned to tattoo as part of my cover, I wouldn't have started doing it as a career. You know what I mean? It was a series of events that took place that I I think um, one without the other would have made none of them happen. And that's, that's, you know, I, I look at my whole life that way, the good and the bad. You, you don't know that a bad experience is a good experience until well after the fact. For sure. For sure. For sure. Now, I, 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 I kind of wanted to pad a little bit because I kind of want to, during the whole George Floyd thing. Yeah. You posted on Facebook and kind of put it out there. You were ex-police, for those that didn't know. And you explained a story um, that about why you left. Well, I mean, so <laughs> I think, um, yeah, why I left is an entirely different. That that's a maybe a lot to get into, but I think what you're referring to is is my feeling as time went on, um, that you know, in general, most people are you know who 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 end up arrested end up in prison end up in jail most of them are people making poor choices right, right. now now there are there are you know the the 10 percent of of everyone that's just a a terrible awful person that, that, and they're going to do terrible awful bad things uh for their own reasons for their own choices you know but i think most people are are, are um finding themselves involved in situations for various different reasons, but it's maybe not their character, not the reason I left. Um, reason I left is far more complex. But um, yeah, I don't know. I think what I was looking at there, and what what I was speaking to um, during the the protests after after George Floyd, was that um, you know here in here in Fort Wayne, Indiana, where we're at. Um, you know, it was fine for people to go out and protest. That's absolutely everyone's right to do so. That's completely okay. Um, 
the issue came when when people walked into the street and started blocking traffic and then the cops showed up and then they're at each other's throats and so after that first day of protests i made a post basically saying listen i have friends on both sides of this because i was a police officer and i'm in the art community and i'm very tied into the community here in general at, at this point so i wanted to make the point that if, if you're my friend and you're a police officer Keep in mind that that person standing across from you screaming F the police or I'm not sure if we're allowed to curse here. You can <laughs> fucking curse all day. <laughs> all right. Well, the people, the people standing out there saying fuck the police and ACAB and all the stuff that, you know, that was being said, that might be your neighbor's son or that might be your, your, your son's best friend from high school and vice versa. You know, the, the, the kid standing across from the cop, that cop might be your best friend's dad or or i don't know might shop at your grocery store where you work you know it's we shouldn't have been divided and and the point i was getting at was that you know those those people out there protesting had a, a right to and when they when they crossed the line and went into the street and did what they shouldn't have done they're still not bad people right they're they're making a point um they're trying to get their point across and and i i just wanted to say like let's remember that we're all people here and the issue, the George Floyd issue, didn't occur here. No right. one, none, none of the police here killed someone, right? Like, it didn't have to be so antagonistic. And that, that was my point in, in that post, um, which... I think, I think what I loved about that post was that you expressed how to view people with the story of the man in the car. You were sitting there waiting to pick up drugs with this guy, and talking with him you started to hear him as a person well yeah that happened a lot right like anytime i was sitting in somebody's house because you know i don't know if you guys here the four or three of you or anyone listening has ever gone and bought drugs but it it usually doesn't happen quickly <laughs> i don't yeah i don't do such things i wouldn't know anything about it's not, it's not like rolling into walmart and you order up and it's it's right there it's you that know, doesn't it's, work so much anymore. yeah it's it takes a long time. And, and sometimes, you know, as the undercover cop, I was sitting in a house with someone for 30 minutes, 40 minutes, 50 minutes. And, you know, in your head, you've, you've been told these are bad people. You know, they're drug dealers. They're awful. But you sit there and you see their kids coming in and out. And, you know, they're telling you how they're, I don't know, selling dope to buy baby formula or whatever they're doing. And it gives you a different perspective, right? Like the, the, a street cop doesn't see that side of thing right as an undercover cop you're, you're there and you're watching these people live a life um you know now now does, does that go home with you no none of it ever home with me no no i mean like inside do you did you ever take that back with you at night and it kept you up hey i arrested someone who's got four kids and he was just trying to do his you know oh, no not at all because you know there's still the law my job is to uphold the law. That's, you know, they made the choice to do what they were doing. That's not my fault. My, my job is catch the guy, right? Or catch the gal, whatever the, whatever the case may be. Um, so no, I never, I never felt bad about it. You know, I mean, it just, it was the job. Um, but it, I did find a new perspective, right? From, right. from working undercover that I might not have had if I had just stayed a street cop. And that's good, I guess. You know, you gotta, you can't see the whole picture without seeing all perspectives, you know? Yeah, and I think later on when George Floyd happened, you know, this was, what, three years after I retired? 
four years, whatever it was. Um, you know, I had been tattooing at that point for 13, 14 years. And I mean, you know, you were a tattooer. Uh, interacting with people in, in tattooing is um, intimate sometimes. Yeah, that was... and, and you you get to know people on a different level and uh, from all walks of life because everyone gets tattooed. So, yeah, um, you know, by the time George Floyd happened, I just had a different worldview than I did, say, back in 1994, 95, when I became a cop, and it was everybody's a bad guy, and I'm going to go get them, you know? <laughs> like, right. Your, your perspective changes over time. Do, do you think some of that is instilled in, a, in the academy? I know it's there for their safety. I'm not saying it's wrong, and I'm not saying that the principle behind it at the time it was put together is wrong because it was a different time in the 70s and the 80s. The heroin, cocaine, those things were hardcore going on. So, so it was, was a different time. They were trying to get cartels. And so there were different, but the, the systems are still in place. You know, do you feel? Well, I mean, so nothing's changed on either side, right? Right. <laughs> it's right still, of course. It, of course. It's still pretty bad. The drug epidemic is pretty bad right um especially now uh with drugs like heroin heroin is much more available than it was when i worked undercover when yeah. i worked undercover here in, you know in fort wayne there were probably eight or 12 heroin users we couldn't buy heroin because they all knew each other so there was no way i was rolling in as an undercover and being like what's up i need some heroin they, nobody's selling you know now, because of the opioid epidemic and the pill problem, and then all the pill clinics got shut down, you know, blue and white collar workers that were not heroin addicts are now heroin addicts because they can't, you know, a pill on the street, an oxy, an 80 milligram oxy is 80 bucks. If you're using 12 of those a day, you're going to go broke buying those on the street, right? If it's not a script. So the next best thing is heroin. So we took a whole bunch of pill abusers took their supply chain away which was the pill doctors and made them heroin at so the problem's almost worse now but well and i've, yeah. I've heard from heroin users the, the fix to heroin methadone is worse than the heroin it, it, it's an argument sure yeah, it, yeah it's it's hard to we just don't have a good solution there's no good answer yeah there's no good answer i don't know but yeah to go back to the question that yeah, spurred sorry. all that was uh, oh, I forgot it already. <laughs> that um, happens all the time here. It's okay. Um, yeah. So. I mean, and and we have we have somebody from Chicago, which I know is far worse than Fort Wayne when it comes to that stuff. I mean, how? To be honest, uh, just a quick. I am surprised with the availability that we don't have more overdoses in Fort Wayne. We have tons. I know we do, but it's. I would well, expect not more. They're not publicized. They're not. So, so what, what you hear about are overdose deaths. Right. Like our fire department, our paramedics, they're responding 30, 40, 50 times a day to overdoses every day. Yeah, we don't hear about this, all that. We just hear about the deaths. No, yeah. Here in Fort Wayne, it's, it's constant. It's as constant as it is in Chicago, I'm sure. Um, but, but this is everywhere, nationwide. This isn't limited to one bad city this is a problem across the country that that's uh, i mean you don't see it unless someone dies or you heard that you know some guy you worked at with the post at the post office od'd on heroin then right. you hear because he died 
if he OD'd and they brought him back with Narcan, he went to the hospital for an hour and a half. They kicked him loose. You don't even know about it. Good point. So, yeah, it's it's pretty bad. And uh, would you say that fentanyl is a problem that has arose recently or has it always kind of been around, but like not really as publicized as it is these days? So fentanyl came around as a problem probably back in, I probably first started hearing about that in 2007, 2008, maybe. Um, and, you know, back then it, it wasn't, now it's a big problem because everybody's cutting heroin and cocaine with fentanyl, right? So if you're a kid going to a club and uh, somebody hooks you up with coke in the bathroom and you snort a line, you don't know it has fentanyl in it, next thing you know, you're dead. And, you know, you're hoping that there's a cop or a paramedic next door that has Narcan that can bring you back. But that's what's going on now. That didn't used to happen. Um, you know, that's a, that's a horse tranquilizer, I think. So it's it's a lot like ketamine then, which is cat yeah, tranquilizer. Only, only even more. Like even stronger than ketamine, right? By leaps and bounds stronger. I would say when I when I was a young man, I you know I I messed with ketamine when I was a young man, and I I can't even imagine more. Oh, horse! Oh. I can't even. And then on top of fentanyl, there's I think it, I believe it's called car fentanyl, which is like an elephant rhinoceros tranquilizer, oh which is even more no. again. Like so, like I only mess with it in tiny quantities, sure. playing around, and you know it was a bit heavy for me too. So I couldn't even imagine. I and you know I don't because it was relatively new. As I stopped working undercover, I think I stopped in two thousand nine. So it really wasn't what it is now. I don't even know what much about it or how. Yeah, I mean, I don't think there are a lot of people out there uh, rolling around using straight fentanyl. I, I think it gets mixed into other mm-hmm. stuff, right? You, you, you're, you know, you're trying to take a small dose of it. I'd hate to uh, meet the guy who's just raw dogging uh, fentanyl lines and then going out, <laughs> going out in a club. Yeah, I don't even know what would go down in that scenario. Yeah, I don't He's know just, who that is. They're just crowd surfing him to the bar into the entrance. Yeah, <laughs> guy, guy weighs nine hundred pounds, seven foot three. Just. Yeah, it's it's wow. crazy. It's sad. I mean, I, I've lost uh, a lot of friends to, to. I've lost quite a few from all, heroin and yeah. stuff. Yeah, yeah, and it's you know, I mean, you wish, you always wish you could have done something for them, right? Like, but you, it's, yeah. it starts with a choice, you know, and and it right. goes from there, and and uh, until somebody's ready to make the choice for themselves to stop, there's not a lot anyone can do. So it's it's a tough situation, and I, I feel bad for all the people out there the families that have had to to go through that it's it's rough and i think when you asked if i ever felt bad the idea that that stopping someone from dying from a narcotic or another um, obviously weed doesn't get brought into this unless it's laced with fentanyl or pcp or something um you know nobody's dying from that but but the the harder drugs where people are dying from i mean that's i think what Maybe what always kept me from ever giving it a second thought or feeling. Yeah. Well, and, and even alcohol. I mean, I have to throw alcohol. More people die from alcohol-related. For sure, for sure. Well, I mean, not just from, you know, cirrhosis and things like that, but think about all the innocent people that aren't drinking that are killed in car crashes. Because yeah. usually the, the person that's drunk doesn't die. Yeah, they don't. Because they're relaxed at the yeah. time. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so that's, that's, I mean, that's a terrible sadness. But we don't even... We don't even put too much emphasis on alcohol, you know, as like a problem. 
Very, very, very somber topic. So let's switch it up. Yeah, yeah, switch it up. Go, what's up? And go to what? What? What's your best memory, Wallacop? What was your best? Yeah, you went out and helped some little girl. You say something happened while on the job that wasn't even job related. That what's your best memory as a cop on the job? Man, uh, that one that sticks with you. There's a there's a couple of stories, and I I, I told them both on my podcast a while back. Um, I didn't have a guest. My guest because of COVID, a couple of people had to back out, you know. So right. I just told a, a couple of stories. Um, one was, uh, you know, you know where the brass rail is here in Fort Wayne. Yep. So uh, a little bar, a little dive bar here in, in our city. Um, Epitome of dive bar. Yeah, but the cool hipster place. It's now. cool. It's cool. Yeah. Um, so we, uh, I was at St. Joe Hospital babysitting like something, and, and the hospital is maybe five blocks from this bar. So I'm getting ready to go back uh in service and uh as i'm walking out a burglary in progress call comes out and it was right across the street from the bar not in my neighborhood not in my area not my district um but i was close so i went and uh by the time i got there the guys that worked that area they were set up they were ready to go they had their whole they were getting ready to make entry into the house and i didn't want to get in the middle of their stuff so i walked up the sidewalk and there was a lady uh, sitting on the sidewalk and she had her back to me so she's blonde and she's wearing a white t-shirt she's just sitting on the sidewalk right in front of the house in question so i walk up and i start talking to her as i'm approaching her from from the back and i, I go to walk around in front of her and uh, in the front her t-shirt's red like completely red and her hair's red and i'm like that's confusing. <laughs> so you know i'm like oh that's blood like what's up is this your blood and she can't she doesn't know so i kind of pull her hair out of her face and when i do she'd been stabbed right in her jugular and and like you see in the movies blood is like rolling out oh my god yeah so i i you know i had a a quick clot bandage it's a military bandage it's uh full of um a clotting uh clotting agent um so i took that out and it's you know it's a little pouch about you know like the size of a bean bag like say two by two and shoved that in the hole in her neck and just held it there um, you know, the medics show up, they take me on the gurney with her to the hospital and whatever and whatever. It turns out if I hadn't done that, she bled to death. Um, but it was her ex-husband. She, she'd moved out, went to a safe place. Her ex-husband followed a friend of hers home, found out where she was staying. And then she had been t- stabbed six times. Oh my I God. only saw the one, but, uh, you know, I mean, that's, that's one of the things I'm, most proud of i suppose was that that lady you know survived because i stuck a bandage and a hole in her neck i, I mean it's not not super heroic you know no, but <laughs> it's still alive right i mean yeah yeah but but that's cool and then and then the other the other story uh the craziest story combining that, that was gonna be my next is crazy yeah. yeah so this is the craziest story surrealistic right like not crazy, like wild. Like I've done the most crazy, unimaginable stuff, but this was surreal, and it combines both of my worlds: tattooing and policing. Right? I love it. So, um, I was at the tattoo shop one day, uh, tattooed with this guy Donnie Manco. I, I know you know Donnie. Um, he's a pretty legendary tattooer in the Midwest. An amazing human being. He I is. have to add, he's great. Yeah. So he has a client come in, and. Um, 
you know, the client is waiting around for Donnie to get this drawing right. Um, he wanted, I don't know if you guys have seen the David Beckham uh, angel that he's got on his, like, his oh, neck. yeah. The, the Michael, right? Yes. Yeah, but it's like a bald version of that. Yeah. So Donnie's trying to get the drawing right, and he can't get it, and he's trying and trying. So the guy and I start chatting. I'm like, man, you look super familiar to me. And he's like, yeah, you, you do too. And so we kind of go back and forth, and we're trying to figure out how we know each other. Turns out we have a friend in common. And we decide we met at this friend in common's lake house. So I'm like, that's cool. Well, in the meantime, Donnie asks me, because I look like this at that time. I had the shaved head and no facial hair. He's like, hey, if I took a picture of you, could I use that as a model for this angel? I was like, sure, whatever. So he does that. He does a drawing. And if, if you know me, I, I keep the drawing to this day in a shadow box next to where I tattoo. Um, so if you know me, it's recognizable. You can clearly tell it's me. So this guy gets that tattooed on him. Gets my face tattooed on him. I go into work. The mutual friend is an undercover cop that I work with, right? So I tell him, I'm like, hey, I met your buddy Joe. He's like, oh, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, yeah, we met at your lake house. He's like, no, dude, you remember him, right? And I'm like, yeah, from your lake house. He's like, no, no, no. Joe was a pharmacist at a hospital here, and uh, he was stealing narcotic. And his parents turned him in. I was the guy that arrested him. Oh, no. So I arrest him, interview him. He loses his job, goes to jail, isn't a pharmacist anymore. His whole life. And, and then he got his, my face tattooed on him. Oh, my and that, God. I'm like, oh, God, no. And my buddy was like, what, what, what's going on? I'm like, oh, God, my face is tattooed on it. And I felt awful. Like, I was mortified, right? Like. I'm like, you can never tell this ever, like never tell right. him what, well, they went out for beers one night, got a little drunk. He told Joe who I was. Uh -oh. and that I, the craziest part of the story is Joe completely accepted that. And he said, you know what? That's perfect. Because if, if I hadn't been arrested, I would have overdosed and died. And so Freddie is like my guardian angel. And now I have him with me every day. Wow. Yeah. Oof. That gets you a little right here, you know? Yeah. Right now, the sad, the sad part of the story is many years later, he did die of an overdose. Oh. Uh, maybe, maybe, maybe eight years later. But in the meantime, I ended up becoming friends with him. I tattooed him a few times. Uh, tattooed his sister. Um, I know his ex-wife pretty well now. Tattooed his daughter multiple times. Wow. So, yeah, it turned into a pretty wild. But, but, you know, that's the most ridiculous story of my two worlds, like, ever meeting up, you know? That's crazy. That's that's really cool. Really cool. So those are probably my two favorite stories. Very nice. Uh, before we step out of Copland, uh, do you guys have any questions for Freddie? And Freddie, do you want anything to drink? Water, tea, water? You guys got any questions, Freddie? Did you? I'm trying to think of something, but I can't really come up with anything right now. I'm... <laughs> Obviously, because I mean, like for me, it's a lot more difficult to think of things because obviously, Scotland and America are two separate like worlds. So yeah, yeah. Well, I'll tell you what, I had one of the most fun nights I've ever had in my life with a couple of Scottish tattooers in London. So, that's a fun story. Well, I could definitely believe that. Yeah. <laughs>
Those boys were crazy. <laughs> I've never seen anyone spend more money in a strip club in my life. <laughs> well, they're used to only seeing sheep, so it's, <laughs> you got to give them a little leeway. We love you, Scotland. We do. Yeah, those guys were a lot of fun. Bah. Oh, I really hope Chibs listens to this. I do as well. I, I do. You know what? At this point, I'm pretty sure that that's it. You're done for her. <laughs> I know. He's going to get me. Um, all right. Let's, let's talk a little bit about some current events. Uh, I've seen you've been doing some really cool traveling. Um, uh, one that sticks out is you did a canoe trip in the Grand Canyon. Yeah. Is that what I saw? Yeah, it was a whitewater rafting trip. It was about eight days. Um, that was in place of another trip I was going to take that got postponed uh, because of COVID. Uh, right. the, the, the country I wanted to go to was closed, so I, <laughs> I couldn't go. Um, so I went whitewater rafting in the canyon, and, and that was, um, and, you know, that leads into another story. But <laughs> Which we'd love to hear, I'm sure. But Yeah, um, but it, uh, I, I don't know if, if any of you have ever experienced the Grand Canyon. I went it. real young, real young, okay. down on the donkey ride. Yeah. Yeah. So that, you know, the South Rim is probably where you were if you took the donkeys down. You know, that's pretty cool. Um, you know, you look over that ridge into that giant hole and you're like, wow, that's a big hole. And then you take the donkey down to the bottom, whatever. That's it's it's cool. I have never experienced anything quite like being on the river. It was it was nuts. Like, really, you know, we were in there for eight days. Um, we had to camp every night. And my assumption going into it was that we were going to be sleeping on rock ledges stuff. Because it's the Grand Canyon. It's made out of rocks, right? Right. There are the most beautiful white sand beaches you've ever seen down there. And no they're way. huge. Yeah, they're expansive. They're like gigantic, like, two-acre, three-acre white sand beaches that you just... You know, we'd pull the boat over at night, make camp, and just chill. Um, it's also pristine. Not a single piece of garbage was seen in eight days. Not a not a bubblegum wrapper, not a pop can, not a cigarette butt. Wow. They keep that so beautiful down there. The water's clear. You can see to the bottom. Um, the walls and places are a mile high. And if you've never experienced something a mile straight up, like looking at that, it, your mind almost doesn't process it, right? Have you seen the glaciers in Alaska? I have not. You want to see two or three miles high, you need to go to that trip. Yeah, I'll have to check that out sometime. Um, but yeah, just, just incredibly beautiful. And you know, you know, no graffiti. I expected as touristy. Yeah, I expected as touristy as that place is. There'd be garbage here and there and graffiti sprayed on the wall. It is the purest place. The other thing is there's no noise. There's there's you know, you don't hear you don't hear any any cars, any airplanes, any there's no cell service. So you're just in this like completely chill noise-free zone. All you hear is the water, maybe the occasional condor screaming. Um, and, uh, you know, and yourselves talking and that's it. It's completely peaceful. What a crazy place. I, I had no idea. That's what it was like. We need to get AG here. We're all going to meet over there. Oh yeah. yeah. Grand Canyon podcast. 
Yeah, it was dope. Like really dope. Yeah. But uh yeah, that that and that leads into the story of my most recent trip. Um, which which I I know you want to talk about that. So. Yeah, that's pretty cool. So while I was on this rafting trip, you know, it's it's me, I went alone. Meet where were twelve, thirteen strangers I'd never met before, plus the guides, right? I think total there were twenty some twenty one of us total. And uh, you know, there's this older fella, and I would have guessed him to be early seventies, maybe seventy, seventy one, pretty fit guy, but you know, visibly older than everyone else. And uh kind of eccentric, a little strange. Oh, little I like strange. those people. Those are yeah, my yeah. people. Yeah, the first night when we made camp, he comes out in a in a blue velour tracksuit with an ascot, like a scarf like thin. And uh, he's got like a captain sailing hat on. I love him. And an Arizona iced tea jug, like a two-gallon iced tea jug full of Manhattan that he pre-batched. So, you know, this eccentric old dude sitting there. And, and so I sort of avoided him for the first couple of days. Because I'm like, what is, is this? Is he trying to be Hugh Hefner? Is he Stan Lee? I don't know what's going on. But uh, on the third day, we made camp. And we were all sitting down by the river. It was this really wide like bend in the river. Uh, and the beach was gorgeous. And the sun was setting. And it's just the perfect, the perfect place to hang out. So Bill, this old man, his name's Bill. He's telling the story of his life. Turns out he's 91. What? He's on his 50th, 50th Grand Canyon whitewater rafting trip. What the? Okay. These are class five rapids. I did the eight day trip. He was doing the full 16 day excursion at 91, which that's mind blowing enough in in and of itself. Right. And if you don't know what class five rapids are and don't do kayaking or any of that stuff, they're they're as big as you are comfortably able to do any higher than that. And they're considered too dangerous to do. Yep. Yep. And, and yeah, there's a, a very solid chance of getting thrown out of a boat and, and getting, yeah, yeah, and getting pulled under and drowning, right? Like that's pretty solid. Um, so yeah, here's old 91 year old Bill and he starts talking about his life and, and all the things he's done. And he's like super interesting, right? Like he, he was an engineer, uh, in the, in the forties, thirties, forties. Um, he's the guy that invented the process for removing titanium from ore. No way. Yeah. So anything that you have in your life, if you have a watch or a, a pen or a, anything made of titanium, it's, yeah, yeah, it's because of him, right? So he's retarded rich. Yes. Yes. And then, and that's why he could do fifty excursions, right? Yeah. Well, you know, but the thing is, most of them he did himself. His his very first whitewater rafting trip in the Grand Canyon, whenever he went for the first time in like nineteen forty or fifty was on a uh, uh, inflatable air mattress. No, no, really? Yeah. yeah, yeah, before people were doing it, like, you know, like... That's insane. Uh, yeah, and then he got the his badass. own dory. Yeah, for sure. He got his own dory, which is like a wooden, you know, like an old-fashioned wooden boat, and he would take dory trips um, down there, and, and uh, he, he told me a story when we were on the river. He said, you know, my two favorite things in life are whitewater rafting and having an orgasm he's like so i brought a girl along one time and tried to do both at the same time they they went through a specific rapid in the grand canyon where he was she went down on him and he was 
didn't work because you know obvious reasons but but he gave it a go um good on him yeah just a killer old man so uh you know he's talking about all these things he's done he owned a casino in nevada in the 1950s um so if you know anything about nevada and casino you know that he probably had some friends that you know were connected to some other friends that what do you mean? That place is yeah. completely legal and legit. No, no nefariousness at all, ever. Yeah, it was a family business. 1950s, it was a, a slightly different It was place. a family business. Just it was, for Not sure. your family. Right, right. So he's telling all these stories, right? And all the places he's been. And, uh, you know, like, he gets to a point where he says, you know, there's one thing I haven't done. It's the last thing I want to do. My, my last bucket list item. This perks my ears up because, I mean, I live my life by fulfilling everything you could ever do off of a bucket list. I, I have like four things left. <laughs> See what those are. Okay. Yeah, it's kind of fun. Um, but the, the one thing he had left that he wanted to do, and it's the most meager, simple thing imaginable. He wanted to go to Mackinac Island, Michigan, and visit it. That's it? That's it. And I had just been, before this whitewater rafting trip, I was in Mackinac two weeks earlier. My family, my, my stepdad, his family is from the Upper Peninsula of Michigan. We went up there on vacations as a kid. I go once a year, hang out on the island. I mean, I know it intimately. Um, so I'm like, hey, Bill, I was just there two weeks ago. He, he loses his mind. He's like, are you kidding me? You've been to Mackinac Island? I'm like, yeah, I go every year, man. Like, it's, it, it's my family's sort of vacation spot, I guess. And he's like, oh, my gosh, have you heard of this movie? It's called, and I said, Somewhere in Time. And he's like, you know it? And I said, yes, I, I sure do know it. And I pulled up my pant leg. I don't know if you guys can, the, if the camera picks it up. But I've got a little tattoo down. Oh, it's barely on camera. Dope. It's right here. Um, I've got a tattoo for the movie. That's dope. So um, the movie starred Christopher Reeve, who, if I don't know, the younger listeners, he played Superman in the uh, in the 1980s. He was the original like Superman that everybody knows. Um, I got a All visitor. Old people. Yeah. Oh, I got two visitors. We got a bunch of visitors. Um. But uh, anyway, uh, it also starred this woman named Jane Seymour. And Jane was like the first, one of the first Bond girls. She was in Live and Let Die. Um, she was also Dr. Quinn Medicine Woman, if anybody knows that. Yeah, now she I know was, who you're talking about. Okay, yeah, she was the hot MILF mom in, uh, yeah. in uh, Wedding Crashers. Um, but, uh, you know, so, so Bill sees my tattoo and absolutely goes nuts. Like, the movie, uh, a woman introduced him to it. Uh, this lady that he was in love with. And the, and the movie is super romantic. It's about time travel and love and super sad, super romantic. But uh, I watched that for the first time. I must have been eight or nine years old. Um, and I watched it because, you know, Christopher Reeve had been Superman. And at, th at that time, the two coolest things in my life were probably Star Wars and Superman. So I saw the movie as a little boy. Um, you know, when, when my stepdad took me up to Mackinac for the first time, I realized that's where this movie was filmed. And um, then, you know, kind of fell in love with the place, got married on that island at one point. 
so that that place has a lot of meaning to me so so bill and i this 91 year old guy and i bond over that movie and we make an agreement that the following year which that would have been what last year 2021 we were going to go uh in october for the somewhere in time weekend celebration they every year they celebrate that the movie was filmed on this island and if you don't know anything about it this little island in michigan there are no cars allowed it's horse and buggies bicycles fudge shops um old like like the houses you see in san francisco by the bay those old victorian like super pretty houses that are blue and pink and all the colors squeezed together yeah it's a beautiful place so we we make an agreement to go up there well a few weeks after the trip bill got diagnosed with stage four cancer oh no no yeah so we you know he's not able to travel and turns out last week I had another whitewater rafting trip planned. Um, this one was going to be Colorado, Utah. Well, it got canceled because they didn't have enough people to go and they wouldn't run it for just me <laughs> for whatever reason. Um, but, I paid my $30. That's right. You know, I wish it was 30 bucks. I'd go every day. Um, so I didn't have anything to do last week. So I decide I'm going to go out to L.A. I've got a couple of, of uh, friends out there and then Bill. And I, I think I'm going to go out to L.A. I'm going to visit Bill one more time before it's too late, right? Pause. So he has nothing to do, and he decides he's going to go across the country because he wants to. Go ahead. <laughs> I mean, I had the week off. I had to do something. I mean, yeah. You know how hard it is for me to get a week off of work? And I own my own business, and yeah, I can't Yeah, you get can't just off. sit around. No. Um. Uh, but, uh, anyway, so I go out there to visit and I want to take him something from Mackinac, right? Like I, I want to bring Mackinac to him and I'm, I'm trying to think of what to do. And I'm like, I can't take him like a box fudge. I mean, that's pretty silly. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I, I don't want to take him like a painting of a house and I'm like, man, what could I do? And because I am sometimes not grounded by reality, I decide maybe I'll hit up Jane Seymour the actress who was in the movie and bring her to his house because that's totally possible right like people just do that yeah freddie that's how that works for normal everyday people they just ask a-list actors and actresses hey come visit my buddy okay go ahead well you won't know until you try (laughs) hey that was my thought so i did I love this, by the way. Yeah, so, so I ask and um, don't hear anything, of course, because why would I, right? And uh, the day that I was supposed to go meet Bill it was last Thursday, and, and I had put that in a couple of the messages that I, that I had sent out into the universe. Um, uh, and I said, I'm going to be meeting with him on Thursday. Well, you know, and I, did, I, I started reaching out maybe four to five weeks before the trip. Right. And, you know, four to five weeks, that's, that should be plenty of time. Yeah. Yeah. I hear, I hear boo, right? Like nothing, like not even a, oh, hey, thanks. We don't do that. Or, you know, like whatever. Miss Seymour doesn't respond to these things. Like, I, you know, I don't know what to expect, but I got nothing. What did you send it out to? Just Twitter, social? I, I did some research and made some contacts with some people that work with you her for her. Legitimate. Yes. Uh, reach yeah. out. Okay. 
Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. So, yeah, so I put all that out there. Don't hear anything back. Well, Wednesday, before I'm supposed to meet Bill, he calls and asks to postpone until Friday because um, his his lady friend, you know, he's 91. She's like 60. Well, he's actually he's 94 now. He's 94 now. She's like 60-something, maybe 58. Um, so it's his lady friend, not his girlfriend. You know, maybe that'd be inappropriate or something. Uh, <laughs> but uh, he said she wouldn't be home, and she wanted to see me. She was also on the whitewater rafting trip when we went, and so she wanted to get to, to visit with me. And So we postponed till Friday. So Thursday morning, I'm laying in my Airbnb. It's like 7.30 in the morning. I'm asleep, chilling. My phone ring. And I look at my phone, and it's a, a California number. And I'm like, well, I, you know, normally if, if I don't have you in my contact, I don't answer the phone. Yeah. Right? Like if it's a number I don't know, like, yeah. But I'm like, it's a California number. So, right. Maybe right. it's my Airbnb guy. Maybe, you know, I don't know who it is. But so I answer. And kind of sleepily, I'm like, hello? And I get, hello, this is Jane Seymour. And I'm like, like wide awake, like I jump up. I'm like, what the hell? I'm like, hello. Oh my gosh. Hello. And we have a, we, you know, we had a, a good 10, maybe 15 minute chat. And uh, she wanted to meet that day at three. And I told her, I was like, Bill had to postpone. He can't. She's like, you know what? I'm off all day tomorrow. Let's do it tomorrow. I'm like, perfect. So she agrees to meet me. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Right. What an amazing lady. I just want to say right now, amazing. Better, I'm sure it does, but just that better. right there, amazing. I know. A personal phone call from her, which is nuts. Like I expected if I did get a reply, it would be an email from an agent or a publicist or please listen, do not go try to badger Jane Seymour to come to your bar mitzvahs or your son's parties. Yeah. No. And I'll get to that. I'll get okay. to that part. Okay. So um yeah, so we make this agreement, and, and my expectation of what was about to happen was that she would show up with a manager, maybe security, maybe a publicist, I don't know, people around her, right? And it would be a quick, you know, it's like when you go to a Comic-Con and you pay 200 bucks to meet Lando Calrissian, and you get seven seconds with him, and you're like, take a picture and out, you know? Right. I thought she'd roll into his house, say hi to talk to him for two or three minutes, take a picture and bounce with her entourage. Well, this lovely human being showed up by herself, stayed and talked with us for almost three hours uh, about her life intimately. Not like nonsense. Like she was telling us about, um, I mean, I shouldn't, I probably shouldn't air it all out there, but um, just intimate details about her children, about her loves, um, you know, about her career, about uh, things that happened during her career that nobody would speak about in the 70s that are now very common to just, you know, like say, hey, I've been abused or whatever like that back then. Uh, but she was telling us those stories and, um, you know, uh, Bill's caretaker had made some little like English tea sandwiches. She's from like, you know, Great Britain and stuff. And, and uh, she ate with us. Um, like it was the most down-to-earth, normal experience 
Um, That's probably what made it extraordinary. It was awesome. It was, and she was so fantastic. Like just, I can't explain how wonderful that lady was, how sweet and kind and nice to go out of her way, to take time out of her day, to come see this old guy who, although he's hopeful that he's going to get better and make it to Macca Island, it, 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 odds are not in his, in favor. his favor. At 91, they're just, or 94. 94, just with not. stage four cancer. Like, the best he can hope for is hit 100. Yeah, I mean, he hopes to. Right, he hopes I mean, to. I'd love for him to see Mackinac. I mean, I know I would too, Bill. Bill if you're out there, we're you know, yeah. if you listen to yeah. this just for Freddie, we all hope that you get at least ten more whitewater rafting trips. I hope he does too, man. He's he's a stellar guy, but he sounds uh, like a, I I want to grow up to be just like. Well, same, you know, and that's what I think a little bit connected me to him. Right, is this idea that you know we have at least in america i don't know about you know over in in scotland but it, here we have this idea that you know around 65 66 you retire from working and then you just exist right you just go find a nice place in florida and sit there until you die and that's what life is supposed to be and this guy is not doing that right even now when he's sick he's still I mean, he manned up and hung out with Jane Seymour for like three hours. And yeah, and it, he didn't fanboy her, right? He was very, I mean, it was all the, the, the most nonchalant. It was like us just yeah. hanging out talking, right? Like it, it, it was just so normal and, and such a, just a cool experience. And I don't know, I don't know how, I mean, I do know, I mean, I reached out, but I don't know she, what she said about, don't you know when you you said don't badger Jane Seymour when she walked in one of the first things she said uh was you know I've, I've never done this don't do this she's like this is not something I, I ever do she's like but something about your uh your your letter um it it spoke to me and I felt like I had to do this like this was important in my life to be here for this so uh, she she really stepped out of her comfort zone, went out of her way to do a really amazing thing for a very cool person, right? Like, yeah, um, yeah. It was just, I don't know. You know, if I live to be as old as Bill, that will definitely be a moment etched in my brain, right? Like one of the, and I like I've said, I've done some wild, wacky stuff in my life, but man, that's that's really yeah. up there. Yeah. Good, good on you for arranging that as well. Like that that's something, you know, that is priceless, like forever. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. you went out of your way to figure out how to even legitimately contact that statue. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it yeah. it take it took some research and, and as it turns out I picked the wrong person. It took so long for her to respond because I ended up talking with somebody in, in uh London that she hadn't spoken to in several years. So they reached out to some assistant, to some management team here in America, who then like reached out to her assistant. So it took a long time for that message to get to her. She's like, I don't know why the guy in London didn't just contact me directly and tell me what was up. But it, it went through a chain of people, and it basically finally got to her the day before she called me. Oh, wow. It took that long. Yeah. Well, probably because they probably thought I was some kook. Like, 
you know like, i'm sure so ce- celebrities probably get that stuff all the time I'm surprised like it even got to her at that point right that is- right like like hey dwayne johnson my nephew's sick and he loves you can you come hang out like i'm sure they get inundated with right like all the time i wonder what it was about yours i i who knows just the way i i wrote to her i guess i don't know maybe she must have just yeah but anyway so if i hadn't gone to the grand canyon when my trip to peru got canceled i wouldn't have met bill and if i hadn't met bill i wouldn't have this any of it right right yeah pretty wild hey i'm i'm dying and would love to meet angelina jolie just saying (laughs) (laughs) well let me let me see what i can do Um, (laughs) you're the man find somebody to send an email to i guess Uh, But, but yeah beautiful story but yeah maybe i don't know like i mean i guess what i would say is this unless you really know somebody that definitely is on their way out the door and deserves something special to happen for them. Maybe don't <laughs> don't to, burn that bridge. Yeah, don't don't try to contact your favorite celebrity. Uh, <laughs> it worked out in this case. That's that was beautiful. Yeah, kind of just the weird life I live sometimes. So you said you had four more on your bucket list. Let, let's talk. About what what do you have left to do on your bucket? Because you've done quite a bit, uh, just from what I've seen the past two years of being facebook friends yeah so i suppose um be the president of the united states that's on there not a joke that's on my list if, if anybody honestly if anybody could do it freddie one of these days maybe uh you know i'm still pretty young i've i've got it i've got a, a solid 22 or three years to make that happen um go to outer space of course well, that's uh, SpaceX. That might not be out of this realm. No, like maybe. Hey, Elon, if you happen to be listening and you want to shoot me up in a rocket, like I don't have the whatever that costs four million bucks, but I- I'll gladly volunteer. Um, uh, fly in a military aircraft, like a, like a jet, you know, like Top Gun style, like like I, I could arrange that. I, buddy, I I've tried. I could arrange that. I'm working on it. I know people. I know some people too. I knew the colonel at the base out here, and he still couldn't get me. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Some... Is, it, is it just due to current? Well, so first of all, at our air base here, they don't have any. T- right. When they had the air show come in a couple years ago, the Thunderbirds came and they had a two seat F 16. And so I was pushing my buddy, uh, the colonel, real hard. To... I was like, bruh. <laughs> like... What, you, what, you do is, what you do is you talk to the guy who runs the Blue Angels. Well, that's who you need to talk to because hey. they do do those. Well, they did in this case. They took someone, but he was like from Channel Fifteen, you know. Right, right. But so. I'm I'm sure you could go. Hey, I've got three grand. Well, um, actually, I I went. Hey, I I could tattoo you guys for free, like while you're in town. <laughs> but uh, but yeah. So there's that, and then um, okay. What did we say? President, space, military aircraft, space. Oh, and, uh, like, yeah, and be like, uh, be like an actor in a movie or something. You want to be an actor in any movie, uh, yeah. extra, or do you want to be like, uh, no, like actually line. have like, line. yeah, actually have like, maybe yeah. play a, maybe play a villain. I'm bald and tattooed up. I could, I could play some. You could play a villain. You don't. I played a villain for. Wait, wait, no, wait, wait, wait. Years, you could be, you could be <laughs> that villain that's like one hour of photo where it's like you don't, oh. you'd never see it coming, but at the end, I could be. Like, like, uh, what's his name in the Batman? 
Yeah. You know, like the creepy, uh, what, what, uh, the penguin, not the penguin. What was he? The the Riddler. The Riddler. What, yeah. what's, that, what's that? What's that actor's name? I've forgotten. Uh, I remember the actor. You guys know? I, I know we got speed. Oh my gosh. We, we got speed Google over there. Look at. Um. Yeah, he was in. He was in. Uh, that. The 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 prisoner. Oh yeah 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 yeah. What? With uh. Let's see if let's see if AG can get it before I can get it. It's. Man, I I feel I'm my nerd credibility is slowly slipping because I, I can't remember his name right now. Um, but yeah, I could good. play a I could play a low key villain. You could, yeah, you could yeah, yeah. Paul well, Netflix is his, coming out with a really good content, name, so maybe you could be in the original maybe, series. Maybe. maybe his name is Paul. Um, Lex Luthor. Is that him nope. by any chance? No. Nope. In the bat in the Batman the the, the new Batman. The one that played the Riddler in the new Batman. Paul, darn it! I'm gonna have to IMDb this. It's gonna Paul Dano. Paul Dano. There you go. Yeah, I couldn't remember it, but yeah, he's like a low key villain. He's like a, you know, yeah. But yeah, no, those would be. Yeah. Oh, also, uh, I guess maybe five, because I would like to be on Survivor. So Jeff Probst, hey. Oh. Get me on there. You know, we could we could contact some some indie film guy, and you could be like, um, you remember uh, Strangeland, D. Snyder Strangeland? Okay, so you could just be a tattoo artist who is like the Sweeney Todd of tattoo artists. Like you're super nice, and you tattoo all sorts of people. But then, like, if you if you schedule them to come in for a late night after seven p.m. tattoo, they never really leave. Are we writing a script right now? I think we could. Like maybe, maybe you keep souvenirs to make into a coat out of tattooed skin that people you've <laughs> do i have to talk and dance in the mirror with the suit on oh that would be great that was the silence of the lambs reference yeah Can yes we, i got it as long as we have a hole with lotion and a basket oh my gosh it puts the lotion on its skin Hey, we could even since it's an indie film we could make reference to it by by claiming that you were the uh, serial killer that he took his shit from. <laughs> yeah, no, so I think those are my my main. I mean, I, I, anything else you can think of, I've probably done at some point or another. I mean, you, have you lived in a hut in Mongolia? No, but that's not really. I don't know if that's Something a bucket list. I'm not sure. I, really I would. I would try it. I think I'm going to Nepal next year to to hike to Everest. So. Are you serious? Yeah, so are you I'm, hiking too, or are you trying to get? We're going to base camp. Okay. It's, it's that's safer. It, well, it also it costs like a hundred grand to climb the mountain. Um, and you know, well, I don't. I don't what have is it? One in one in eight dies or something. It depends on the year. Yeah. <laughs> some years, some years are worse than others on that mountain. Um. Well, but base camp is pretty safe. Not many people die making it to base camp. No, I mean you can just—it's like a walk. It's like yeah, a, it's a, a a harsh walk. Um, it's—I think it sets around eighteen thousand five hundred feet or so. You've done actual rock climbing. Me and my dad used to do like yeah. sheer rock climbing. Um, yeah. And he yeah. actually still to this day, right above a door frame, has a, a whole thing yeah. of practice. That's really. awesome. Yeah, yeah. Um, but we used to be an explorer, so we would do whitewater rafting, bungee sure. jumping, base sure. diving, that shit. Yeah, you get all that stuff out of the way, and then you're like, I need, like, what else? What else am I going to do? Yeah, what else can I do? Yeah, pe- people ask me all the time, you know, because I hear them have bucket lists. I'm like, I, I don't know. Why don't you have a- I've done it. I yeah, you just do stuff. and I don't have to. Yeah, yeah. So- I, I, I only have a couple. I only have a couple. I want to I wanna yeah. 
see my buddies in Scotland. I have a few Scotland okay. English buddies. I need to go see. Nice. Um, I have a secret about that. That's it's real easy to to get over there. Inexpensive. Erlingus, Ireland's national airline, out of Chicago. You can probably fly to Scotland for four hundred and fifty bucks round trip. You really? Yeah. That's a really good yeah. price. Yeah. Okay, I'm gonna tell my mom about that. We have a, a scheduled yep. trip to Ireland in 2023, and my nice. my plan was to hop over to London to meet up with Scott. Uh, well, you can. That's everybody. Well, once you, I mean, he'll tell you once you're there, it's it's real easy to get to all those places, right? Yep. Like it's much easier. It's easier to get around Ireland, Scotland, Great Britain, France, um, than it is to fly to L.A. It's yeah. cheaper too. Like you can just use EasyJet or whatever. It's like seventy-five bucks to jump back and forth. Well, I mean, Scotland's so small. You can just take a few steps and you've crossed most. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fuck you too. <laughs> fella, you just get beat up, don't you? When's when's yeah. the last time your country won a war? Oh yeah, that's right, seventeen twenty-two. Shut up. So. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, I what, I was gonna, what I was going to mention, though, as well, you mentioned on your bucket list that you wanted to be on a Survivor. Have you ever done any, like, a camping uh, with, like, minimal equipment or anything like that before? Yeah, for yes. sure, for sure. But I think that's a different experience, right? Like, if I wanted to be on the show alone, the, the, yeah. then, then definitely I think that would come into play. I think Survivor is, is a lot less... Yeah, I think it's a lot less surviving uh, than it is, you know, jumping through hoops and playing a social game. And you know what I mean? Like, uh, it, of that, course. It, yeah, it's it's not going to be like. You should do Big Brother. Oh, I would hate that. Or not Big Brother, uh, The Circle. Have you seen that one? No, I would probably like Amazing Race if I could find the right person. Yeah, the right person. Boy, it would take the right person, buddy. Like, oh, I got you. I've, you, I've done a lot of. <laughs> traveling around the world i've been yeah. to tons of different countries i am really good with a with navigation i think yeah i think a lot of that game comes down to personalities right and True. and not together yeah yeah because i've watched a lot of those people like just completely devolve over, over the course of a season right where they decide they hate each other I'll tell you i'll tell you you know what i've noticed my wife watches you know what I noticed? The older people tend to have a better time because they have the maturity to step back and go, look, I know I'm upset, but it's not my, my partner. I'm upset with the situation. The situation. I should work with my partner yeah. and we can get this done. And you can see them step away oh. and come back. And I don't know if you if you know this about the show, um, but, you know, when they uh, you know, when they're going to go from Istanbul to to uh, I don't know, the Seychelles or whatever. Right, and they roll into an airport, and they're trying to get flights. Do you know that they they're not just buying the the tickets for the two of them? They have they each group, each couple, I guess, if you want to call them a couple, whatever. Um, they have to buy tickets for their their camera people and their sound people. So not only do and and they all have to be on the same flight, and they're buying the flights last minute. They, they you know they don't get to book that like six months in advance. They're doing it on the spot, and so if there aren't four seats available on a flight, they have to wait for the next until there's four seats available. And you don't see that on the show, but that's why they're always also stressed out because they're like they're not only doing and when they get a taxi or whatever to go from here to there, they have to get their cameraman and their sound person or whatever in that car too. 
So, like, can you imagine the added anxiety? If just if you and I were just trying to get around, that's one thing. No, but, even then, uh, I don't think that would bother me so much. I think that's why you know, that's why I'm a supervisor before I even turned career. They provide me supervisor and become in supervision because I'm really good with that stuff. I I become right. better under pressure. If I don't have the pressure, I become bored and lacks lacks a days of. But if I'm under pressure, I work and I focus and I do. I can see that. So I can see that. That's my thing. Because when I get pressured, I don't get stressed. Now, I get raised voice, but a lot of people who actually know me know that I'm not angry. I'm not. I'm yeah. just excitable. I'm, you know, I'm just, I'm a Leo. I'm excitable. That's, that's, <laughs> I don't aspire to astrology, but I do. And I you a, do. You got a birthday coming up. I do. Yeah. I do. Um, for those wondering, I'll be 122. Um, if I'm, yeah, I know. If, if I'm going to amusement park, I'm only 12. <laughs> oh, is that the, the Dorian Gray portrait of you up there? As long as that, as long as we don't destroy that, you'll live forever. Yeah. <laughs> okay, cool. That vampire blood works well. It does. I, I actually have a small vial of, uh, uh Betty White's blood that I, I take every two years take a small drop and just in, oh. inject it and it's lengthened my life quite a bit yeah so you're a golden girl is what I'm, you're telling us i am the golden girl because <laughs> the, the rest of them are gone oh that's funny it's like the highlander you know they had a sword fight and only one yeah. of them survived yeah, there can be only one hey i know right now that uh what's his name um from rolling stone Mick Jagger? Keith, Keith, oh, Keith, Keith Richards. Richards. I know Keith Richards is really happy he won that. Yeah. Because it, yeah, yeah. it was between them and maybe, maybe uh, Morgan Freeman. Morgan Freeman's looked the same for the last 40 years. Yes. What about Paul Rudd, though? Like that guy. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. That, doesn't, that dude hasn't changed in 25 years. Like he's about, literally the same Keanu? dude. What about Reeves? I mean, you can start to see a little bit. Yeah. He's, yeah. He still looks. Really good, but he you, you can tell he's you can only oh. tell because he started so young. He started when he was 17, 18, 19. Yeah. So if if you look at like his did you see you look at the matrix to now, the same. Did you see Parenthood? I did. Yeah, that was his I think that was his first role. His very first role. He played the he played the drag racing boyfriend. Crazy that's yeah. his first that's like uh, Johnny Depp. Everybody, you know, I, I go, What's Johnny Depp's first role? And nobody remembers Crybaby. Oh, was that was movie, after twenty one? Oh, movie, okay. movie, movie. Sorry, I think was. I say first... first movie. I said role, but I I usually ask movie. What's his first movie? Because oh, okay. nobody remembers Crybaby. Yeah, no, mm. Crybaby was great. I remember like as a kid, like and probably, you know, one of the reasons I became an undercover cop was because of Twenty One Jump Street. Yeah, and Miami Vice and these shows that I grew up watching that were about undercover cops, and it just seemed like the coolest. You know, the one that I watched a lot but made me never want to be a cop was uh, Law & Order SVU. I never wanted to see any of that on a daily basis. You know, I, I might have been... I don't, I don't know what our age difference is, but I might have been too old for that. Cause I, okay, so yeah, I'm about 10 years older than you. But yeah, that wasn't really on my... That show, that series wasn't on my radar, really. Mine was more like... Mine was more like NYPD Blue, like that era of TV yeah, shows, do. right? About, I watched it. Yeah. It just... Yeah, that that was my era. My of parents wore MacGyver and oh, Mash. I love MacGyver, dude. MacGyver and Mash. Oh my gosh, 
and, and Star Trek Next Generation. Yeah, the Fall Guy. Dude, yeah. I, I, before I got with my wife, I would fall asleep to Star Wars Next Generation episodes. Just put it on and go. Yeah. 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 yeah, Next Generation was great. That was yeah. one of my favorite shows. Yeah, Picard. Yeah, that's how my uh, dad introduced me to the Star Wars show. You know, I'm going to, this isn't an entirely aside from like where we've been going tonight, but I want to bring this point up. Go wherever. Okay, because this is really, so, so Star Wars, you know, I saw that the original Star Wars called Star Wars, not episode whatever. Right. Way. It was just called Star Wars. New Hope, yes. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't even called that. That. Um, but that, I saw that in a drive-in movie theater in 1978. Um when they re-released it, because the year it came out, it really, I mean, some my, people my went. My wife watched the theater. She, in 77? No, she. It's a re-release. My, my wife was born in 70. So, okay. yeah, she yeah. actually went with her parents to see wow. the theater. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah, so they, when it originally came out, it was in theaters for a short time. But the next year they re-released it. And that's when all that fanfare, okay. yeah, the hype yeah. came through. So I saw that at the drive and um you know and then i i got to see uh empire and return of the jedi in the theater on premiere day right because it was a huge deal by then i had all the toys by then right i mean i was invested in this and i really paid very little attention to star trek um you know it was on tv then it was a television show um and it was campy it was super campy star wars although looking back on the original it's a little campy and luke is pretty whiny and horrible I, oh, yeah you know, he was he was a hero when i was a kid but um <laughs> but i guess where i'm going with this is is you know all these years later i feel like star wars is a jumbled up mess right like there are different people writing stuff and they this used to be canon and now it's not and now that's canon and now we've this cartoon makes this canon and not that and it's a it's a horrible mess and and my point is this Star Trek, Gene Roddenberry, I don't know what the hell he did or how he did it. Maybe because he wrote so much. They have stayed pretty consistent, right? right? Even, even when they did the time jump and the new movies and the wormhole happened. I've said it. We've talked about movies. They've done, they did something nobody else did. They restarted their franchise without destroying their previous franchise. Exactly. That's brilliant. Like Star Star Wars has been all over the damn place, and they they they'll just drop something entirely and be like, yeah, that never happened, and then they'll start. But but somehow because of Gene Roddenberry's books, I give a lot of props to that that series. Even though I didn't pay a lot of attention to it, other than Next Generation, I have. Did you watch the new Picard? Speaking of, I I, uh, I watched the first season. I haven't watched the second season. Is phenomenal. I have been watching Discovery. I really like Discovery. Discovery's phenomenal. Um, I like where they've ended up. I yeah, didn't that like where they started. I like oh, where yeah. they ended up. Yeah. And then uh, I just started watching the new one. Um, what's the What's the new one called? Um, uh, it's not. It's not called To Boldly Go. It's It's like the catchphrase, "Brave New World." I haven't seen that one yet. What's yeah, that? yeah. So it's got um. Anson. Did you watch Lower Decks, the animated Lower Decks? No. Um, if Seth MacFarlane wrote for Star Trek, that's what it is. It's phenomenal. Okay. Highly recommend you look into that one. Whenever you need to pick me up, you just want like a thirty-minute burst of laughter. Okay. 
So uh, yeah, so so Brave New World has Anson Mount, um, captain. He he's been in. Uh, yeah. He was in Discovery. He played a captain in Discovery, um, but now he's got his own show, and it is the Enterprise, um, like the beginning of when they first started going into space. Um, so it's got like Captain Kirk's dad is like. In yeah. it, and you know what I mean. It's like, and isn't it the same people who were in the movie when they restarted the Kelvin universe? No, no. But it does have like Ohuras in it, and okay. you know, but they're they're played by different actors. Spock's in it, different actor. Right. Um, but man, they're doing a. It's pretty good. I mean, I, I think they're three episodes in, two or three episodes in, and it's Paramount Plus, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah I have other holding, places. Yeah, it's holding my attention. I'm gonna have to. I, I'm really into what they've been doing recently, so I'll have to check that out. Yeah, I like the first season of Picard. Man, you're gonna I, I love where they're going. Cool. They just finished the cycle with the latest season. They've got one more season and they're done. They've already announced one more season and Picard's done. Yeah, they okay. they have a story to tell and that's it. Um, so second season totally done. You can go ahead and binge it now. And if you like the first, the second season, yeah, is all that and. A big bag more. Cool. It'll yeah. answer questions left unanswered in yeah. from the actual TV show. Well, I think I might have watched the first episode. So Q's in it. Q. Yeah, Q's Q. And then I, as soon as I saw Q, I was like, I got to take a minute. Well, they Cause... also bring Guinan, young Guinan, and Whoopi Goldberg Guinan. Both are in the series at different points in time. Um, there's a bunch of really cool back and forth, some things that if you're a next generation guy, you don't have to know all of Star Trek, but if you grew up with next generation, there's some questions answered there about how they met, how, how him and Guinan first met, you know, they've always been friends. Yeah. How did the ever living being that is Guinan first meet the old man? This all explains everything. Good. Yeah, I'll check it out. Really heartwarming. A couple times it brought tears to my eyes. I'm not even going to lie. There were some times that I think that just pulled at the heartstrings. And it's like, oh, ooh, glad nobody's here. Yeah. And that was, that was me. That was me last night watching uh, the second episode of The Time Traveler's Wife. Holy hell. It's on my to watch list. Well, did you see the movie? No. Okay, so they did the Time Traveler's Wife movie a number of years ago. Um, and uh, it had Rachel McAdams in it, which is, you know, just a reason to watch because, oh, oh my gosh, what a dream. Um, so they've, they've rebooted it, and it's got um, uh, Jon Snow's wife from, from okay, Game yeah. of Thrones. She's the lead Cersei actress. Or whatnot. Yeah. Nope, 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 not that Daenerys. one. Daenerys, Daenerys nope, Targaryen? Nope, the redhead. The, the, the girl from the other side of the wall. Uh, her name's Rose... Uh, something in real life. Mm. Um, Star? Nope, no. nope. This was the redhead, the 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 badass from the other side of the wall. Like, the, oh, the the um the wildling. In, in real life, the wildling. The wildling. So she's John, the actor that plays Jon Snow. That's his wife in real life. Whatever. Uh, I see. Really? Yeah. Yeah. The wildling chick is his wife in real life. Yeah. Now, did they get married before or after Game of Thrones? They started dating on the show, and they've been okay, together. Okay, so they yeah. met there. It's not like I, I believe so. Oh, that's yeah. awesome! That's really cool. But yeah, so she's in it, and um, and, and I get, he's a good-looking. I mean, he's yeah, he's a very, very good-looking dude. Good on her. Um, but uh, yeah, the show is is quite a bit 
different from the movie and that they uh they jump around a lot in, in a lot more in time and uh he pops up it's really weird because you know usually you, time travel shows there's this whole continuum where you can't bring two people together because it'll f up the whole thing yeah space paradox, continuum. Space right, paradox, the paradox. Right. doesn't exist in this show he he can be in one spot multiple ages of himself all at the same time like 15 of himself from different ages 8 11 23 38 42 all in the same yeah. yeah 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 oh yeah speaking of touching himself there's a real funny scene <laughs> uh a curious 16 year old boy uh, but uh man last night's episode dude like at the end i I was just, I had tears streaming down my face. I'm like, I don't think I can watch any more of this damn show. Wow. Like, it was, it's pretty powerful stuff, man. Well, that's, that's how I felt. My wife was watching, I don't know if you guys ever caught the, um, what's the one where it's like an alternate America that's run by. Yeah, on Amazon. It's, it's, uh, it's where the, uh, it's where the Japanese win. Uh, the, the man in the high castle. No, no, no. Um, um, Handmaid's Tale. That's what I'm thinking of. Oh. Handmaid's Tale. Yeah, yeah. Handmaid's Tale. Is... That, some of that is just that's that's heartbreaking. The not first... only heartbreaking, just brutal. There's portions of that that, like, I yeah. I have seen real brutal violence in my life in front of my eyes, and there were scenes on that show where even I had to like almost want to look away. It was like, wow. Yeah, first season of that show. Um gave me so much anxiety i had to like watch an episode and wait two or three weeks wow. for for it to like dissipate because it would you know i was thinking at, at the time things that were going on in america and stuff and i guess it's starting to happen again um i'm like man th this could actually happen like there there are people that that might want what's going on in the show to actually happen in real life and and i was like man I'd, i would have to like start a war well the, you know? the, the scary thing is that anything written is probably based on some truth whether the author has seen it or not oh for sure i mean well, think oh. about think about all of sci-fi oh, right yeah. and how you know i remember watching uh watching star trek back in the day in the tricorders right is is this right here not a tricorder i mean more or less it like scans things for you it notifies people around yeah. you I'm wearing my Apple Watch. It tells me what my heart rate is. My, you know, can tell me if I'm having your vitals. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that this is essentially a tricorder, and somebody wrote about this in the 1930s before this was ever in existence. And I mean, this thing has more computer power than the capsules that sent people to the moon. Yep. Mm -hmm. They literally they, they had they had like a 186 chip in. You yep. know what? I mean? It's like, crazy. Yeah. It's, and people wrote about that, and somehow we we read those stories and went, oh yeah, like a VR headset. I remember reading um, uh, Otherland by Tad Williams. Oh my God! Back in the in the like late nineties. I don't know if you know, Otherland is actually a free to play MMO that you can jump into and explore the is world. Really? Yes, it is. I in, I'm on VR. No, in on PC. Oh. Yeah. Oh, okay, that's dope, man. Those books. When I read those, those were probably what I don't know in the late nineties. I don't know when they came out. Zaniest, most fucked up MMO I've ever played. Oh, yeah. my. those books were awesome. But he talked all about VR and and you know the the um the inner world, sensory, the outer world, the yeah the sensory deprivation chambers and like all the stuff. And then you know a couple of years ago, Ready Player One comes out, and I'm like, oh, that's 
that's Tad Williams' whole story, more or less. Like, well, and now I, I'm sure you're not into it, uh, but uh, a bunch of us are into anime, and that is oh. there's an entire line called Itsuki that is about full dive MMOs in VR where down, yeah, you can't move because your brain tells sure. your character to move, right? And a lot of them have trapped in there or what have you for whatever circumstance causes that so they're trapped into this game world and now they have to live in this game world oh, yeah um and so you know all of these things the matrix it is yeah almost the matrix yeah think about it with sword shield goblins yeah but yeah we've been writing about all that stuff for years right so i mean <laughs> how how far you know how far are we away from from this like everything going on here i'll give you an even better one okay because uh, i know some of our listeners are are cinephiles um ag probably would have never watched this movie click it i'm gonna give a 50 50 and knowing <laughs> you and how old you are i'm gonna give you a 90 percent johnny mnemonic yeah i've seen johnny mnemonic excellent movie yeah. seen I, i'm familiar yeah i called no, it on me you need to watch it johnny yeah. mnemonic if anybody doesn't know was written 72? 74? Written. I have it. I have it in my library over here. Um, but it was written in way, way before. Sure. Way before. And they talked about augmentations. They talked about storage hard drives. And we're just now talking about the new chip interface that they're working on with the brain. I just saw a thing about it. Elon, Elon's been working on that, right? Mm -hmm. like, but yeah, I, I think that, you know, like everything that happens here is electrical, right? Like, so. I mean, how far are we away from, you know, like Bill, for example, he's 94. He's doing some experimental cancer treatments because, you know, he's got money so he can afford to do these weird things that nobody else can do. Um, but if that doesn't work, how far is he from spending a boatload of money to just get Digitalize. jacked into a... Digitalize get, him. Yeah. yeah, get jacked into a computer. And then, you know, if his body's in suspended animation, who cares if it works? I just the electrical wonder, signal has to keep I going. I wonder if that's actually going to be the next step. Is is our evolution is going to be not fixing the body? How do we upload this? Upload this somewhere else. There's, there's a show on Amazon about this. It's super fun. It's kind of a comedy. I wish I could remember the name of it, but uh, it's it's exactly about that. They build basically uh, the metaverse, right? So there's a metaverse, but it looks just like this. But if you're rich enough, you can tailor this to look any way you want, right? So um, this guy, I forget how he dies. He dies, but his girlfriend, who's like super, super rich, her family, she takes him and uploads his consciousness into this metaverse. But you can interact with live people outside the metaverse. They can come into this metaverse as like a, like a hologram to see their, to see yeah. their loved one, right? And they, yeah, and... Um, it's like it's supposed to be like a rom com kind of a thing, but it's if you ever find that I yeah, I definitely want to know what that's called. Yeah, it's on. We'll watch can, uh, we watch Trina. I watch Trina. Reminds me of an episode of Black. Um, what was it Black Mirror? Black Mirror. Where yeah, oh, where they yeah. kind of to start off with a chatbot, and then they progress slowly and slowly until she gets an actual human. Like it's a robot, not a human being, but it looks like a human being and stuff like that. Nice. So it's kind of the same yeah. idea. Um, boy, I'll I'll find it. We can keep chatting, it. and I'll I'll find it, it while was. we chat. But I agree with you. I think I think everything. I think the only thing that limits human innovation 
is our own perception. It, our yeah. own limitations are our yeah. limitations. And if you take those away, you really can't do anything you really want. I mean, think about it. You know, think about the, the time gap. So from the time we made the wheel to the time we took to the sky, okay, is thousands of years. Okay? It's super. But, but it all happened very quickly after. the time we went to the sky to the time we went to the oh, moon. The, 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 most obvious, the most obvious title imaginable. Upload. Oh my God! Okay, because <laughs> they literally upload people to the. Somebody throw that in our chat, so we don't. I know us. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, that. But it it was fun, it, and they just season two just ended. Um, that that's a fun show that talks exactly about taking someone's consciousness, uploading it into an environment, and then they continue to live, right? And then then there's a whole another like segue of the show where. You know they start cloning, so they can they can take your your mind out of the metaverse and upload it into a clone body, but but so far like in the show that's still they're still trying to get to that. But yeah, crazy show, man. Like but but fun fun to think about. Yeah, it's completely off topic. I thought about I need to show you how to do this. That way you oh. can have guests on your podcast that may be in California, maybe somewhere else. Yeah, so I've been doing that, but but via phone. Like I can, my my soundboard. I can just put my phone in, and then it just all runs through my soundboard. And, but yeah, I don't do. I don't really do video. I don't know if I'm. I hate being. I hate seeing myself on video. Oh, you, it's the you worst. Actually, you actually don't have to do video. We just do it for the Spotify because we were allowed to do the video. Nice. So. Uh, yeah, I did the podcast with old Bill. He was in California, and and California. he called in, and it yeah it came. It sounded great like through my phone yeah it was really cool that's really awesome as long as the signal you know <laughs> no right is good you're good to go right. what do you um not really any one of these particular things but you know a lot of people nowadays and, and we say this all the time we're just some guys wherever we're at you know yeah you're chatting Amusing on the world. It's nothing we say is fact, right? Nothing. We do our research, but we don't. Sure, sure. You know, all of our stuff is just really opinion. But with Russia, Ukraine, with COVID, yeah. monkeypox now, with monkeypox, what could be false diseases? Could be false diseases used by powers that be to control. Uh, laws change to do this with all the with with the populace of many countries not really knowing truth from fiction or fact from fiction. What do where do you think we're going? I know a lot of people have multiple ideas. A lot of people think we're looking at collapse. I don't think it's going to go that person. But what what do you where, where do you think we're at societally? Boy, that's um. And obviously, we're speaking in huge generalization. So, well, I think this, right? I think that all the things that you're talking about have been going on for as long as industrial society has existed, right? right. If you go pre pre industrialized society, the worry was Armageddon. It was it was Jesus coming back and wiping everybody out. Now we have all these new worries, right? Because of industrialized society and I think they're exasperated by social media, right? And, and you know, I mean, I, I have a 
podcast, so take no offense in this, but you know, we're able to sit here and talk and speculate about whatever. The thought being that a lot of people are going to hear this, right? So that what we say actually has some merit to it or backing. Right. Now, now when I was growing up before computers and social media and things, if you sat down and had a conversation with the four of us in a room, it stayed in that room. We could argue about it all day. We could scream and yell at each other and try to get our point across. And uh, I mean, even in high school back then, it was called debate class. Correct. Right? That was part of it. Yeah. Now it's Twitter, right? Twitter is debate class. Right? Well, like, actually, I, I, I almost have to disagree. You can't get into a debate anymore. You can't, you can't have any real debate. You have arguments. Well, true. Because true. nobody wants to hear your opinion. They want to hear their opinion come out of your mouth. Right. And mm. I think that's the problem is, is that, you know, so all these things, whatever you're talking about, false flags or, um, or, you know, like um, man-made diseases, yeah, like all the weird right? going on. anything that we're talking about, I think that that all, if it had been, if, if this were still 1980, free uh like Internet. like networking yeah, yeah networking stuff you know you'd hear tom brokaw on the nightly news go tonight on the nightly news covid blah 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 blah. 300 people died today and then you wouldn't hear about it right You're right what we hear now is constant inundation of information 24 hours a day as long as you're awake you're getting information correct about things that you actually have no touch to for instance sure. we've talked about it um, you know, and, and if we have any new listeners, uh, please listen to our old podcast. We say time and time again, you know, uh, the Ukraine war, terrible lo life loss is terrible. But at the same time, those of you who listen to me know I'm a Darwinist and know that not all life is sacred. It's really fucking not. And to be honest, the idea that all life is sacred is one we've instilled in moral society to protect us. From the, the accidental outburst and therefore consequences of violent action. It's really a moral compass. But I think in reality, when it comes to nature, there's no such thing as sacred life. I believe that all life is as sacred as it's allowed to be until it's ended. And whether that's through war, cataclysm, uh, environmental disease, whatever, all our life is precious. And it's only meaningful as long as it's precious. If it's not, it loses its meaning. Hence, why people sit in Florida after 65 and do nothing. Because humans weren't meant to live that long. If you lived to 65, you were a village elder back then. Naturally, not societally. We, I don't know if we weren't meant to. You know, I mean, like, it's just evolution, right? We're evolving into something that lives longer. And that could have to do with industrialization standards and, and so we are living longer but um yeah i i think that the idea that you know that, man people are going to hate me because i if i say this out loud but i think the idea that every single life has to be saved is something unobtainable unobtainable right like you you can save some some people don't want to be saved um I think that that eventually, if we if we do, let's say we find a way to extend life in our bodies, whether that's through cloning and and replacing whatever, the planet can only sustain 
I think I forget I forget what the number is. Somebody threw it out there one time. It's like ten or eleven billion people, and then we start having um, water and 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 food resource on the planet. Right, right, right. So at some point we reach this this tipping point. Like let's say it's eleven billion people. If we keep growing after eleven billion, then we're going to have a problem of of feeding and and hydrating everybody. Right, right. And keep in mind we're over seven billion now, ladies and gentlemen. Right. So do we do we need to save everyone? Like, you know, Bill, very good friend of mine. I love the guy and he's he's going through these experimental treatments and I hope they work for him, right? Correct. I hope that he gets to extend his life by five or six years or whatever, you know, maybe he makes it to hundred and three. I don't know. But you know, is that for everybody? Do we need if everybody lives to hundred and three, where where do we put people? Where do people Go. So to go back to your original question, I think that, you know, these things, whether it's disease or or um, drought or climate change or whatever, maybe that's nature's way of drawing in the reins. A well, little bit, I, right? I also like, think war is part of that. We are we aren't the top of the food chain, but technologically we have become top of the food. chain, And so the only thing sure. we fear is us. Well, the, the, so here's war, I guess. Has its place, unfortunately. Since, since World War II, we haven't really seen war affect death in a, in a mass scale, right? Um, you know, we, we developed a lot of smart technologies to, to make war a little bit easier. And so, you know, um, what I, I forget, during the, during the whole campaign in afghanistan and stuff what like what did we like six thousand people died yeah i mean and and you know praise be to the six thousand people that lost their lives uh, um i'm not taking away from that but that is far fewer than the hundreds upon hundreds of thousands too not to mention the people that died that spurred world war ii the millions of people yeah. that had to die for world war ii to even happen right like we're not looking at those kinds of numbers now and i don't know in ukraine and russia right now i don't i've never even heard a number but it's still not on that kind of scale people people right. forget especially in america people forget that we entered the war last for world war ii and on top of that we let hundreds of millions of chinese get slaughtered by the japanese while they tried to invade china while china begged us for help and we said no we were staying out of this it wasn't our fight um so, you know, you start counting up world numbers. Right. No war since World War II has, has right. gotten no, close. Not, not even close. And, you know, there were, there were what, I don't know what, how many American troops in Vietnam, 70,000, 80,000. Like 80, that. That's still a, a massive number of, of lives to lose, right? Um, but, yeah, I think that, that things like, like disease, famine, drought, I think asking where we're going in the future i think that's what we're going to see happening i don't i don't know about politics politics are you know especially in america politics are the 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 flavor of the day yeah right? they're the like, jerry springer of of government sure, it's yeah it's, it's terrible whoever is in office is going to push their agenda and whoever controls the house and the senate I find is, it worse now because that's always been a thing but now they're on social media i mean nancy pelosi Herself, and I don't like or dislike any of these people. I'm just picking on Nancy right now. 
But Nancy's got her own Twitter. Donald Trump had his own Twitter. Uh, fucking Biden's. These people shouldn't be on social media. In my opinion, this is just my opinion. They need to be focused on what they're doing. Well, I think that. I think that people want to hear from them, right? And social media is a very accessible way for lots and lots of people to access them. So I get where they're coming from, but I do agree that maybe if we're going to hear from those people, it should be under moderated circumstances, you know, like maybe on a nightly news program, right? You have Joe Biden come on and speak to, I don't even, I don't watch the news anymore. I don't know who the news anchors are. Um, back, back in the day, it would have been like Walter Cronkite, right? Right. And Walter Cronkite interviews him and asks him specific questions, not, you know, when Trump would just get on there and tweet ridiculous, like calling Kim Jong-un a fat, retarded, spoiled kid. Like, yeah. wait a minute, you're talking to a guy who has nuclear capabilities and we don't even call people retarded anymore. It's not even part of the vernacular, right? It's been removed. And here you are, the leader of the free world, calling another leader who is as far as we know, based on what our media tells us, he's a nut. Yeah. Now, I mean, maybe he's not. Maybe that's all whatever propaganda. But as far as I know, he's a little bit off and he's got nuclear weapons. So should I we point, be? I point out something. Trump is the only president, though, the only world leader, I might add, that met with Kim Jong-un. He did. And, and then made him be quiet. I don't know what was said in that, but we didn't hear from him after that. Yeah. Also, wow. Trump was the only one that kept Putin in line. Now, sure. I jokingly say that part of that has a lot to do with the fact that I don't care how crazy Putin and Kim are. When they saw Trump, they knew they were beat on crazy. And I think that might have tempered them a little, maybe. I don't really know, but I also know... He's a good businessman, and I don't care if people talk about think, it in bankruptcies, but that's hotel business, and that's different. I think that, I don't know if they, they thought they were beat. Not like that, but just he's crazier. Well, I think that he, I think that maybe they thought if anyone was going to throw nuclear weapons at them, that guy. it would be that guy. Yeah, and, so he and was there to and so the old the old Cold War stalemate that we, that we had when I was growing up of, of two people pointing their big guns at each other, that was back on then because, you know, like, yeah, now I think that, you know, when, when Putin decided I'm going into Ukraine, I think he's got no worry at all that, that Biden's Biden, going to throw nuclear weapons at him. It's not because Biden's it, limp-wristed as hell, always has been. And I, I just don't foresee, I, I, think, I think something very drastic would have to happen for, for the current administration to, to do that. And what's a shame here is an aside, not that I'm asking for anyone to, to throw nuclear weapons because that's a shame that that's even a worry. Cause that once that happens, we're all done. Right. Right. One guy sends one nuclear, the current nuclear weapons, one of those, boy, does that change a lot worldwide? Right. That, that could really cause problems for all of us. So yeah, I hope that never happens, but I think that was the deal with Trump. I think they thought, Oh, he might legitimately, nuke us so maybe we should throttle back a little bit right um well and and we say that but in all reality i, I do think he was always a good i i'm not gonna say i like the i don't you know as a person from what i've seen i judge people on actions and words but mostly on action and when i judge on his actions i have to look at the economy and stuff and i do understand that obama left stuff and 
I understand that stuff for a president the first couple of years is actually hard. It's hard to see what's what, and especially with all the controversy and shit the whole time, and all the fake. Because it was. I know the the term fake news is used for him because he said it a lot, but the truth is, there was a lot of shit thrown at him by the Democratic Party that we have found out is complete. And had they left him alone, we might be able to judge his presidency, but I can't even really judge anything. I think, you know, like historically, he was a Democrat. He was very good friends with the, with the Clintons, right? He was golfing buddies with Bill. Um, I think that a lot of what we saw him do was theatrics and showmanship, right? He, he figured out something. He figured out, and you know, that America is, is made up of about 328 million people, right? Of those 328 million, about 80 million are black. That's, that's the biggest minority group outside of women, right? So he figured out that he didn't need any of those minority votes because there are more white people than everybody else. So if I talk to the white people and say all this crazy stuff and incite them and get them to come vote, I don't even have to talk to anyone. Well, but he, he, did start, he did start a bunch of programs for Hispanics and Blacks long before he, he, um, he started as president. He did have stuff in place for well, no, That's what I'm saying. He was a Democrat. Yeah, he was. He figured out the way to become president is to put on a show. Is a show. And that's, that's not a show. That, yeah, I think he put on a show that said, hey, I'm white and I really like everything white and we should do white stuff. And then all the, the, the people that feel the same way went out and voted. Right. And that's how he got his first term. He didn't get his second term because by the end of it, if, even the people that went out and voted were like, oh, shit. Like, well, well, see, but I, but I also wonder if some of that, again, is information dissemination. I'll, I'll give you a perspective, okay? Because I do agree with how you've laid out how his presidential plan went. I think you're dead on on that. Yeah. He, he said, I, I don't need this amount of votes. I need these votes. These are our target... But before that, he's always been multicultural. He's always sure. helped people. Okay. Yeah, I don't disagree. I mean, I watched The Apprentice and The Celebrity yeah. Apprentice, and he, I, you know, I saw him getting, I mean, he seemed to really like Lil Wayne, and he seemed to really like Dennis Rodman. And you know what I mean? Like, he's been I, friends with these guys for years. Sure. Right. So here's the thing. Kanye West liked him. Like, yeah. <laughs> but he was labeled a racist and all these things during his, his presidency and his second run. Here's my thing, though. Yeah. Well, and I think that was good theatrics on the other side because they hid the fact that Biden was best friends with the Grand Dragon of the KKK, spoke at his funeral. Uh, the guy actually put a bunch of money into Biden's uh, campaigns, not only to run for Senate, but his first presidential bid in 84. Um, Biden, uh, do you know Biden was laughed off the presidential circuit in 84? He was caught in plagiarism and lying um, and claiming speeches that were written by people like Mandela and others as his own. He claimed he went to Princeton. Yeah. He did a bunch of stuff. I kind, of, was hidden. I kind of don't pay attention to these guys. Yeah. To, well, to be honest. The, the like... only reason is because I, I, at one time, my Facebook was all about debate. Back before the Trump era, and even yeah. actually before the Obama era, my page was all about, I'm going to post something, not put my opinion, start a discussion. I would post something that would get a discussion going. And then after a few, I would then get into the debate with people. And I would always post, like at the top, remember, I post for debate. 
this may not be my view. I want to hear your view. Be respectful. We debate the topics, not the person. That was always my page, right? And I tried to keep that going during Obama, and I, I think I was pretty successful. But during Trump, it fell apart. People just didn't want to talk. They wanted to say, well, if you believed in Trump, if you, if you say you voted for him, even if you think that was a mistake, because you voted, anything that comes out of your mouth, I don't want to hear. And, and if, if you voted, voted if, you, if you want to vote for Biden, I don't want to hear anything you want to say. And if you, nobody wanted to have rational back and forth. You're, uh, you're probably not on Tinder since you're married, but, um, you know, these dating apps that I've been on recently, it's funny because you, you, you know, you start reading profiles and, and, you know, I'm looking at women and the women are saying, you know, um, swipe the way you vote. So, you know, if they're, that, that means they're, they're. Uh, from the right. So if you swipe right, you like them. If you swipe left, that means you're a liberal and you shouldn't vote. You know what I mean? Like wow. they're being very specific. Like I don't even want to speak to you based on your political beliefs. And that's, I find that to be a complete shame because I don't personally care about your political belief. Right? Like I don't, I don't care if we agree politically or not. I prefer to disagree actually, because I don't even care about that. I care about are you a cool dude that's cool to me, right? Like, dude, have you ever done anything harmful to me? Have you pur purposefully defamed me or injured me or stolen from me? If none of that's true, your political beliefs have very little to do with me. It's just like your religious belief. I don't care. I don't, I, you know, I don't care what, what the, the, the fellas that are with us today, I don't care what, what their religion is, right? Like, they seem pretty cool, and they, you know, like, I'm not... I'm not going to judge them based on that or what their political beliefs are. I, I you know, I don't know how politics go in Scotland. French, so be careful. <laughs> um, yeah, but, but to but kind I, of add to that, I, just I, sorry, um, just to kind of add to yeah, that. Yeah, no, go. Kind of like what you're saying about kind of not caring about politics and just caring about like the actual people, like um, if they've done anything to you and stuff like that. That's actually kind of how it works up here. Politics are kind of a thing that exists. Unless you want to get into politics, you don't really care, you know, it's there. Like, you know who the Prime Minister is, yeah, okay, there we go, that's about as much as knowledge goes. You don't care about, like, the religion or anything like that, you just care about, like, what's going on in your life, because that's most important. All this other stuff really won't affect you, you know, what happens if the Prime Minister, it won't affect you, so why should you care? And stuff like that, so it's yeah. kind of how it works here, yeah. And I'm really willing to listen, you know, if you guys, if, if we're, whatever we're talking about, like if you, if the two of you remotely there, if you are like supporters, for example, I'm happy to listen to why you really like Donald Trump. I, I'm not, doesn't make me like you any less, you know, well, but we've, and that, we've, and that we've, was my point. I love, I love disagreements because when, when you believe something different than me and we really delve into I grow. It makes my idea better. And so it sounds selfish when I put it that way, but you're right. It should be a mutual growth. It should be, you know, but realistically for me, I can only live my reality based on what I know. What I know is inside of me. Everything inside of you and how you perceive is not something I can grasp. So my stepdad, he's very far right. Um, and, uh, you know, growing up, I was probably a pretty conservative Republican as a kid because that's what I was around. Um, but as I grew up, I, I kind of branched out. I've, I've been to, I think, 30 countries now, um, experienced every culture there really is to experience. Um, 
gotten to know a lot of people, made a lot of friends around the world with different cultures. And, and you know, I come home and that, like we talked about at the beginning, that changes my perspective of people, right? Um, my, my stepdad, mm -hmm. I think he's, I think he's been to Georgia, um, Florida and Michigan, literally like in his life, like that's, you know, that's where he's been. And so he keeps these core values. And, and a lot of times we disagree and my mom will like come in and be like, okay, we're done talking about this for today, you know? Um, but it doesn't make me not like him. Right. Like I, I, I do agree there, there are a lot of things on the, on the right side that I agree with. And there are a lot of things on the left side that I agree with. But I think in the end, I mostly agree with with making sure everyone has the chance to be happy. Yeah. Right? Like, and and that I think that spurs all political arguments for me. Right. It, it spans all political arguments for me. I don't I don't care if you're talking about abortion or gay marriage or, um, you know, whatever. Any issue. The bottom line issue for me there is 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 the person in question able to be happy right um the the whole thing with the supreme court like last week that leak yeah there was a senator i forget where he was from maybe arkansas that came out the week that happened and he said well we should also then um and he this wasn't in jest he, he was not saying this sarcastically he was saying this for real he was like oh great if we're going to repeal that then we should also repeal brown versus the board of education what yeah. And that, yeah, like, are, are so what you're saying is everything we fought for, for the last, what, like 150 years, 200 years, whatever it's been since, since we abolished slavery, we're just going to say, oh, no, none of that mattered. And now we're back to segregating schools and keeping our children from mixing, like. It's funny you say that because Joe Biden didn't want his children to go to a mixed school. Yeah, well, he's he's quoted as saying it's crazy. Yeah. Well, and, and, and so, but, but what I'm saying is the people that want this are that old timey exactly, and that's so. There's a problem. It's and, and, right into them, you know. Well, I don't, I don't blame look, them for their beliefs. They you, were raised that way. Your beliefs, yeah, your beliefs come from from your Somewhere. yeah where you your experiences, right? Right. So I don't know how old Joe Biden is seventy something. Dirt. <laughs> Oh, 137. Yeah, okay. So he's got some pretty old. Cool together. Okay. Yeah. He's got, he's got some pretty old values. Um, and and you know that is his problem to to try to overcome. Now our problem is this: if you know we are allowed to elect a president, 36. That's that's the the, the youngest a president yeah, can be is 36. Yep. A 36-year-old probably has closer in line views with, how do I say this without angering a lot of old people, views that are closer in line with, with mainstream society. You can right? do it a different way. Views closer in line with the people who will be running the country in 10 years. Sure, sure. I mean, that's true. Right. But, you know, like, I think mainstream society sees things a certain way. And then you have the older generation. Our problem is this, our hang-up is younger people. Um, uh, you know, I'm not quite 50 yet, so I can still include myself in the younger group of people. But um, 
I think that it if if we want to see real change, if we want to see anything change in America, what we're allowing to have happen right now is our elderly people, right? Um, my my parents, our our grandparents. They are the ones that show up and vote. And do you know where it's important to vote? City, state, primaries. Well, that too. I, I don't have Primary. a lot of faith in president. And well, that has nothing to do with the Trump thing. That so just... this, is why, this is why you have to vote in primary elections, right? Because when it comes down to it, and you, you know, in the presidential election, and you've whittled down to two Democrats or three Democrats and two or three Republicans, it's the primaries that pick who the candidate for president's going to be. Listen closely, Biden supporters, because this is why Hillary Clinton got the Democratic nomination to go against Trump and not him, because his supporters didn't know about primaries. You have to go vote in the primaries. And you know who goes and votes in the primaries? Older people. Old, yeah, old people. And that's why we keep electing, even in local elections small city elections, right? My, my friend Mitch McKinney just ran for sheriff of Allen County um, in the primaries. He, you know, I, I know both candidates. and I, I know Troy. I'd, I'd worked with him over the years. Um, but I, I know Mitch really, really well. Um, and, and I've seen Mitch in action. And literally the best candidate, if you sat down and drew up a person for today's climate, like what you want to see happen in law the changes you want to see made. If you would have written out who that candidate was, it would have been on every single count, right? What happened was the people that came out and voted in the primaries were old people that know this. Troy is the incumbent's the wrong term, but he's the person that the sheriff gave the nod to. He's currently in the sheriff's department. The current sheriff said, this is who I want you guys to vote for. That is who all the old folks came out and voted for. So Mitch, because it was a primary, he's out now. He's gone. In November, when the election happens, you'll have Troy uh, Hershberger versus uh, Kevin Hunter, a Democrat who's also a Fort Wayne police officer. Mitch has no shot at this now because people didn't come out and vote in the primaries. And that happened across the United States in every political race when you have primary and nobody shows up i think total we had forty-seven thousand votes in allen county in our primary jesus out of i think we have three hundred and fifty thousand people in our county or around there and and forty-seven thousand voted see and that's that's why I've, and that's why <clears throat> when people ask me about president that you know what if you really want to make change vote in your local Locals are where it really counts because it doesn't matter what jackass is on the, the, the front of the ship. It's the local senators, the, the congressmen. Those people are going to be the ones steering your state's ship, the place right. you live. And then the city. You know, so you got to pay attention to those elections. The House and the Senate control the country, right? It's not the right. president. Mm -hmm. The president no. has to be. He's a president. Yeah, and he has some veto power, and he has like the power to launch a nuclear weapon, and he but controls the military. Those of us old but, enough know that it's not the president; it's his cabinet that actually runs his right. side of everything. You, you yep. know, and another thing to bring up, um, 
you know, in this, the, the Roe versus Wade situation in the Supreme Court, whose idea was it and why did they think it was a good idea to make a Supreme Court justice for life? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, I, I get I get the continuity of government argument, right? Like you want the same people there making these choices over decades. But the problem is this, you know, some of those people are in their 80s, right? They have values of a time that's gone, right? Um, you know, for, for example, marijuana, right? Like marijuana is becoming very mainstream across the United States. A lot of states have legalized, you know, it looks to me like the country is saying we're okay with marijuana. We're, we're okay with alcohol. We're okay with cigarettes. We're okay with marijuana. That seems to be the trend. Well, you have 70 plus year old people, 80 year old people who are still under the impression that marijuana is a gateway drug that leads to sex and crime and violence and all this stuff. That may be the wrong attitude, but they're there until they die. <laughs> Or well, step down and, on and, their own. And I think there's also other problems instilled with that. I mean, let's take our own ex-vice uh, president who was our fucking congressman. Oh, Pence. Pence. Yeah. Who, for those that don't know and don't live in Indiana, you thought Trump was a monster. You have no idea what would happen if Trump had stepped down. Pence is a very, very close-minded individual who has very specific values. Right or wrong, they're his, and that's fine. But he instills them and uses his, and he's been caught using his power to instill his own personal beliefs on a state of people. Well, you know, the the weird thing about that is this. You know, we, um, we as a group, we as a nation, left... Great Britain came here to escape religious persecution um, and government interference, right? And, and, and like no search, no knock warrants and all these things that, that Great Britain used to do to their citizens. And, um, you know, I mean, they were beheading people for not being Catholic and, you know. Yeah, so, all kinds of fun stuff. Yeah, so people came here um, as a way to start something new and allow any religion to be okay, right? And and that's, you know, where you start breaking off into all these, like, except like Lutheran and the, the two versions of Lutheran and Pentecostal. And, you know, you get because it's OK to believe these slightly different things. And, you know, it's it's you're allowed to do that here. But when they built this country, when, the, when the, you know, those founding fathers, if that's what you want to call them. They tried to write in a way to make sure that didn't taint law and order. Right. right. Like. Like, you can have all the religious belief you want, believe whatever you want, but we're not going to bring that in here and have it color our, our decision-making. It seems like we've gone to the point now where all of our decision-making is based on what's right or perceived to be right based on religion. Well, but here's where I'm going with Pence. It's money, too. As an, as an officer, you should know, I'm sure. Indiana, it used to be... Especially when you were still in law enforcement, that anything over 28 grams an ounce was a felony. Anything under was a misdemeanor. Okay. Mike Pence owns six of the prisons in Indiana. While he was our senator, 
he made it so, or he forced through a bill that made seven grand, anything over seven grams a felon. No, that's not true. That, that's that not, was, you know, when that's I was, not law. That's not it law. never went through. No, when, that's never been law. Okay, because yeah. we, when I was working at 20 past four and more, they, I mean, they, there was a news article about it. They were showing me stuff about it, that there was talk that, that it was going down to seven grams. No, not yeah. accurate. It's always been once or more is a felony, um, but um, you know most prosecutors in Indiana won't even prosecute that anymore yeah, unless there are some extenuating circumstances, like maybe you're a career criminal and you get caught with an ounce of weed and they just need to drop something on you. They might drop it on you, but there's even a statute in the state code that allows your first offense to be automatically dropped. So if you get arrested the first time for for marijuana, you know, like possession of marijuana, your first offense. As long as your lawyer knows about the, the IC yeah. code, yeah, they just automatically throw that out, um, and it doesn't really count against yeah, you. So, I, I swear that was one of the things they were really worried about. Because what they've been trying to do for a number of years, um, uh, what a state rep representative Bob Morris has been trying to get medical marijuana legalized in Indiana. He's pushed that bill a number of times, but you know, here's what you have to remember about Indiana. Although our, our major cities, um, by and large, Indianapolis, Marion County, Fort Wayne, um, and, and South Bend to an extent, the cities themselves tend to lean left. Right. The state itself is highly conservative. And, you know, we were the last state in the union to legalize beer sales on Sunday. And we still only do it between noon and 8 p.m right mm. do you think we're going to be legalizing marijuana anytime soon it'd I, have to be a big shift real i really only foresee us doing it if if the feds do it right if the federal government says hey marijuana's yeah yeah you, you know what i mean even the feds at this point um we didn't talk about it but there there were a few years there where i worked for the dea oh, um, really? yeah and we weren't you know, the, 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 the minimum for a federal charge is um, 300 pounds. 300 pounds is the, the, the smallest amount the feds will charge you. Wow. But even then, most of the assistant U.S. attorneys um, on their own kind of up that to 1,000 pounds because it's just prosecuting that. There's nothing in it for them, right? Right. Um, so they were looking for major major dealers of, of marijuana you know people bringing thousands in. yes yes that was the goal and and prosecutors within this state have started doing that with marijuana right if you get caught with you know let's say the cops arrest you with 27 grams like probably that's going to get dismissed or you know whatever it's going to get dropped to some lesser charge right like nobody's trying to it's just it's become mainstream and and i think if our state were slightly more left you might see it legalized but i think because we we trend so far right as a as a state as a whole the feds are going to have to legalize first You're right and on. uh what i had always always heard or at least was the impression was that like if you were from out of state of indiana and they caught you like they pulled you over with like an eighth in your car you might have the possibility of doing jail time but you know, that's uh, just indiana, something that we heard. indiana was well known for getting out of state people at, extra stuff and what they do 
from my understanding, because I had a lot of friends get caught up speeding and then get caught with weed in their car or something. <clears throat> what they do is they threaten you with all this shit, and then they'd release you and tell you you owed a bunch of money. Yeah, and, and it depends on the county you're in too, right? Like, I mean, we, every county is varied. Yeah, we, you know, each each county has its own elected prosecutor who decides what is and is not important. And some of them, uh, especially some of the southern counties, uh, they're the letter of the law. Oh yeah, like no joke. Like if it says twenty eight point two grams and you have twenty eight point three, you're getting charged with a felony for sure, unequivocally. And they're not going to reduce a sentence. You're, you know, like you're getting the maximum penalty for that. Um, you know, bigger counties, Marion County, Allen County, um, they're too much real. They're crime. overrun, right? Yeah. They're overrun with cases, and and so yeah, some of that stuff, you know, slips through. But yeah, the probably the border counties up by Chicago. I know the region. Small town shit. Yeah, the region used to have such a, a horrible gang and drug problem up there, and they still may. I'm just out of the they loop. Do. I do. Still out of the loop, but um, I know through postal stuff. When I was in academy, saying they were going Gary off, they were hitting everybody hard up there, right? Maximum charge prosecutions to try to stamp that out. But yeah, you know, like Allen County is just a a uh, you know a busy place. Marion County is a super busy place, so a lot of things slide by. But yeah, yeah. but my my main thing was that like uh, not only uh, religion lines of political but you know money i i think some of these senators congressmen have their fingers in pies that i believe politicians who are running we should not be a part of you should not have conflict of interest when you're part of that system not saying you can't have a business you can't make money right. you shouldn't be in a business that you're voting for. yeah it's it's super complicated you know like uh, unfortunately money drives everything everything right like um, in every in every aspect of life, money right. is is what's important anymore. Um, I, I think that you know the only way to affect the proper change. It's 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 two, it's a twofold problem. We've talked about voting, right? You can go hold all the signs up that you want. You can throw bricks through windows. You can do whatever you want. That doesn't change anything. That's that's a child throwing a tantrum. Now you have a right to do it to make your voice heard. Mm -hmm. What you have to understand about a politician is this. For most of them, I think, or I believe, their goal is legacy and to maintain that position, right? right. You don't want to be a one-term anything, right? The goal is not, <laughs> hey, let me, let me be a one-term city councilman. Nobody wants to do that. You want to become a city councilman so that you can then become a mayor. And then you want to become mayor so you can become a state representative or a governor. And you want to be a governor so you can become president. Right? You want to you want to develop influence and power to move on to the next step, and that involves money, it unfortunately. Does. And the only way to 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 rein that in is by educating yourself on who you're voting for, because the people that you vote for in these local elections will later become people that you're voting for in bigger elections. Right? Nobody's running for a small office to stay in a small office. Right. They're, they're all moving forward. So learn about the people you're voting for. And then here's the other thing. You know, there are a lot of good people out here that want to make a difference, that are, that are grounded people, educated people. 
that maybe need a little support to get in a position to run for an office, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. And 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 then if we have more good people, right? If there are more good people running for offices, more like-minded people, more humanitarian people that that aren't there to pander to big oil and and you know these these um what do they call them the 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 groups that give all the money to political campaigns the PACs the super PACs yeah the super PACs right those are all funded by by corporations big pharma big big oil right like all that money comes from there and then it goes to these political candidates to make sure they get elected so that their agendas get met maybe we start putting people in office who aren't affiliated affiliated or even susceptible to that idea right like did, did, have i ever told you my idea to fix the government it's pretty simple i'm serious people talk about it and they joke about it but i seriously have a fix congressmen and senators we keep the term for those that don't know some seats carry two years some seats carry four some seats carry three and six respectively for congress and senate okay we keep those terms how it works all seats are done just like jury duty. If you're a voter of age and you are called to serve, your job is held. It cannot because you are serving your country. You are paid the salary. They are paid right now. But when you are done, go home back. Just like you did your service. Just like they intended when the Constitution was written. Because when they were done serving, they went home to their farms and fields. Your idea is good at heart ways to fix the problems too I, I think the problem with the idea is this like you know nine out of ten people that get called for jury duty don't want to do it and i think nine out of ten people regardless of the salary you pay them i don't know if you know what congressmen and senators go through um but but that's way more than most people want to be a part of right so you're gonna what you're gonna do if you do that is you're going to put unwilling people into those jobs, and you know how un how helpful unwilling people are, True. right? But I think honestly, because if they're if they're registered voters, they care enough to vote. If they're over the age of thirty six, they're obviously old enough to have enough maturity to know what's going on. Now, but, as long as not caring. Well, How many people do you know every day get on Facebook and know that their roads need fixed, their trash needs picked up, that their neighborhood has problems? But what do I do if they pick me and I have a business that I own? My business stops. It doesn't run anymore because you're you're in D.C. and you're in you're in session and like I can't like think about my business as it is. I'm booked out until October. Just just, right? just because you're called to serve doesn't mean you have to. You can, with stipulations, I, I, am a, I am a business owner. You don't have to. Well, but. You know, you can make those. I mean, and then you but, but like, for example, the, the, the post office, right? They've made you a supervisor. If you say, oh, I've just been, oh, boy, I just got picked to serve for the next three years in Congress. You likely don't have a job when you come back they would have to keep it that would be that would be part of the stipulation whatever well, job you have that isn't who fills your hole while you're gone and then do they kick a person out of that hole when you come oh, back you're talking about the wrong business that because we have ways to fix that at the post office people sure. take days well, you know off. what i'm saying but... if we if we yeah that's a tough thing i think that that people that run for office have to 
have to choose to do that. That's a big responsibility. And it... the, the problem is it's become what we left in Britain. We have a parliament. We have old men who are handing their seats to their That's sons. That's because we're not using our system correctly. We're not voting properly for the right people. We're not putting the right people in the right seats. We're, we're voting based on name recognition. We're voting based on, um, you know, like people don't go out and educate themselves, right? Like I, as hard as I could, I put as much information out about Mitch as I could, right? right. Everywhere I could and tried to get people to listen, right? Um, without ever talking about the other candidate. I, I never brought up Troy or, or uh, his, his strengths or weaknesses. I only talked about Mitch and who Mitch was not what his agenda was, who he is as a person. That's what we need to find out. Those are the people we need to be putting in office. You can get to all the rest of the answers if you know who the person is. Right. What if, what if we had an election year where, you know, we knew that we had 400 people across the country who were good-intentioned people that weren't connected to dirty money or or big money or whatever right just good people with good intention 400 of them nationwide run for congress and senate seats and a hundred of them get elected because people did research and found out oh this guy this is actually a good person right not not good because they're christian or good because they're catholic good because they do good things for people maybe right? maybe we're expecting too much of humans as a group because Unfortunately, people. Yeah, people are lazy. People yeah. just take what they hear, right? So if you know, like, um, if if one person, if I say, "Hey, Mitch McKinney's the right guy for the job for sheriff of Allen County," and you say, "Oh, I heard Mitch. Um, I don't know. I I heard Mitch uh works for Chuck Surak, and Chuck Surak is the the owner of this big company in Fort Wayne, by the way. I heard that that he's paying for Mitch's campaign and." And he's just going to do whatever, Mitch is just going to do whatever Chuck wants. Once that rumor gets out there, if nobody refutes that or learns that that's not true, that Mitch has zero affiliation to Chuck, never worked at Sweetwater ever, um, that becomes truth in, in social. And, and people are lazy, and then they're like, oh, yeah, no, fuck oh, that guy. Man, are people, that is one of my biggest things. People lazy. I've, I've, so many people, I've, seen on facebook and had to correct they'll post the story won't actually click it and read it they'll just read the headline and headline yeah and yeah. you go did you even read it because what you just said at the top makes sense with the headline but when you actually click the link you posted they they say the exact opposite it's right. it's insane right where it's i was really where I was going, though, uh, what I was going to say is, um, speaking of um, good people uh, running for positions, uh, you have some plans for that, right? We'll see. You might do something? We'll see. I've talked about it for a couple of years. Um, you know, Donnie Manko ran. and Oh, I know. I was yeah, part of that. It was really good. Um, yeah. I, I'm, I was um, surprised he didn't go a little bit further. There. Well, he didn't because, you know, Donnie's a good person and Donnie's not a mudslinger. And, and Tommy Schrader, our local town drunk, um, came out and said if he were uh, whatever they were running for, I think a state representative seat, um, he would legalize marijuana. And that's all it took for people to hear. So they voted for Tommy in the primary instead of Donnie. And then Donnie was done. That easy. Um, yeah, I, I think about it from time to time. Um, 
I've, I've definitely talked in depth about it with some people. Right now, the hang-up for me is that, um, you know, our current mayor, Tom Henry, still hasn't declared whether or not he's running. Um, I, I don't think he's beatable. Uh, he's done a lot of great things for this city, so I think that it would be fruitless to run against him. Now, if he if he were to bail entirely, if he were to come out publicly and state that he is not running again, um, then yeah, maybe I would put in, but... I'd vote for you. Thank you. I'd vote I mean, for you're, you. You're, you're a good guy. You've, you've been... You've been in law enforcement, but you've also, because of being undercover, you've been on the other side of the tracks and lived in the, you've walked a mile in those shoes. You sure. know all sides of it. And you've even gone further and come out with a world perspective after all of that. So I think you'd be, and on top of that, man, you, you have a great heart. You're just a really good guy. So but my hang up is this I would run as an independent. Um, you'd never win. Exactly. You'd never. I know. I can't. I, I just right now with the current climate. Maybe in fifteen years. Maybe right now with the current climate, I cannot get down with these parties. Like it's no. just too divisive. Um, I also. You can always do what Trump do. Just, just buddy up to him and just say, "Hey, I'm whatever you. What are you again? Yeah, I'm you. You're great. <laughs> You're the backbone. I was just saying. I don't, I don't think it wasn't asked of me to just do that. Um, I'm sure, but you're, you're too honest. Yeah, I just, I can't, I, it, my heart wouldn't be in it. And also, you know, the other thing about me is that I'm kind of a, I don't know, people in the police department would tell you that, that I was a bit of a loner or not a loner in a sense of like, I just did what I thought I needed to do. And I, I wasn't really taking anybody else's opinion into consideration. And, and I, I, if, you know, if I were to run with a party, they the parties have agendas that they want they to see you fulfilled. Have to take their opinion into it. well, you don't have to, but you'll but never go far. Yeah, and so I just wouldn't be willing to be beholden to to any particular party's standards. I would want to mix them together and take the best parts of each and make something and new. And with Bernie, <clears throat> Bernie sounded really good, but he's a politician and has been for for sure almost fifty years. If you don't think he's just like all the rest, he is. He just, he just maybe has slightly better. But he signed bills that did terrible things to people in Texas, Laredo. Um, you know, so in my opinion, I'm, I'm with you. We need just like technology from from plane to space. That's how quick our our evolution as a people looks to be going. You know, in the in the 40s to 60s, and I'm not talking about clothing, the mental evolution wasn't that big. But after the 60s to 70s, huge mental shifts. Then on the 80s, 80 to 85, huge mental shifts, 85 to 90, huge. And then it was every couple of years. Now we're having huge mental shifts. All, now it's every six months. I think what we will see maybe here soon. You're right. Need younger people to follow that. Yeah. yeah. The future of politics may be this. At some point, these two parties are going to splinter and you're going to see, you know, like kind of like the tea party, you're going to see a far right, you know, a very far, far right, right party. Right. Is, right. And, but then you're also going to see a split um, because this is just where we're headed. This is because we're doing this to ourselves. I think you're going to see a split where you have an LGBTQ party of candidates that run as their own group. And I think you're going to see a, a party of black candidates and a party of uh, uh, Latina candidates right like everybody 
because that's the only way your voice is going to get heard, right? Right. With these two big parties right now, everybody that needs a voice that lacks one isn't being heard. And I think that the what we might see is is a, a breakdown of the two big parties into six or eight smaller parties. And that's not going to last long because there won't be any forward progress, really. But eventually, you'll probably reshape as three. Yeah, two maybe or three. Party. And, and three, I think three would be okay because with three, there is no majority. Yeah. Right? You're not going to, like the Congress and the Senate right now, every time there's an election, it's, you know, there's two more Republicans than there are Democrats. And so nothing ever gets pushed through because the Republicans are just like, nope, or vice versa. Vice versa, yeah. Right. I think, I think with the development of a third party, you have a, like a, I don't know, a, a dissenting vote or a vote that helps if there's a, a bill in question and it's that close, you have another group of people that can push it one way or the other, way. right? Like, yeah. And we get, and these stalemates and these locked governments, I mean, we're, we're just paying out the nose for that. We, we, the people are doing that. We're paying these people to not work. Um, my, my other my other thought was that you know I was having this discussion with a, a little bit younger gentleman he was like 25 26 and he was talking about very similar but he added into there this is the first time in this country we've seen parties so no 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 hold on slow down no 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 it's not uh, he's seen he's seen I said Abraham Lincoln wasn't a Republican or Democrat he was a minority party that didn't exist 10 years prior and didn't exist 15 years after he, him it, it parties come and go and they actually uh, Democrats and Republicans have not only switched sides multiple times throughout history, but also split apart and come back together multiple times, you know, and had extreme uh, perspectives on various topics and had to make a new party that was yeah, still. I believe, the, I believe the Republican Party when it was founded was the, the Democratic Republican Party or something. It, was, it had a name. And the Democrats weren't even called the Democratic. They were called. Well, there was something I forget now. There was even like a wig group, you know. Yeah, for, there was yeah, the there wig. Was wig for sure. What yeah. was what was um what was Lincoln's party? It was something else. Not sure, but a lot of people were calling him Republican, even yeah, though they call him that. But here's the problem. Here's the problem. People want to pigeonhole people, and it's not just politics. We're talking everything. People and people want to pigeonhole themselves. They want to define themselves on society's label because it makes them feel grounded and know who they are which i find personally retarded i'm going to use a word that we're not allowed to use i'm going to use retarded because it is it's it's it shouldn't exist in my opinion that that belief and that limiting and boxing yourself and those around you in labels i feel is a detriment to the gift we have i have never and i'm sure you've known me a long time i'm sure you can attest, even when you met me all those years ago, I've always been the same guy. I don't, I don't care if you like me or think I'm cool. I'm just going to be me because I like me and I think I'm cool. And I'm going to treat people good, yes, because it benefits me because they treat me good too. But on, on the plus side of that, they'll treat other people good because their day's better. Here's a... You, an, you pay it forward. You pay it through. An, inter an interesting story. I probably should wrap yeah, up. We used to probably yeah. Do, yeah. But... um. I was sitting in the shop one day tattooing this, this woman and, and her husband was sitting there and he was watching and, and, um, you know, 
we were, he was kind of in the conversation, kind of out of the conversation, whatever. And all of a sudden he's like, Oh, Oh, Oh my gosh. Like, I can't believe it. And so I'm like, what happened? And he's looking at his phone and he says, Caitlyn Jenner is running for governor of California. Just indignant, completely indignant. And he's like, I can't believe I served my country for 24 years just so Caitlyn Jenner can. And I, and I stopped tattooing and I looked at him and I said, well, that's, that's why you served your country so that Caitlyn Jenner can run for governor. And, and he, he stopped and he's like, and I said, yeah, you, as, a, as an American service member, you're protecting the rights of everyone in this country, whether you agree with them or not. Your job is to protect the rights of everyone in this country as an American soldier. And, you know, his wife kind of chuckled because I, I assumed he'd never been kind of Corrected. called out on yeah. his. Yeah, so, so she chuckles and he sits there for a moment and he's like, well, yeah, yeah, I see that. Yeah, you're right. You're, yeah, you're, you know what? That is right. That is, and which was a cool answer. And then he said, well, you know what? I didn't fight for people to be racist. And I said, well, but, you did. but actually you did because that's not illegal. You can, you can be racist. You cannot like black people. You cannot like gays or lesbians. You cannot like Hispanic people. You cannot like whoever you want. That's okay. You just can't hurt people because of it. You can't, you can't bring them down and do awful, terrible things to them. But in your own home, if you want to... And he was just so beside himself. I said, no, as an American service member, you are protecting everyone's rights. Yeah. And we founded this country on the basis that you can kind of believe what you want. Um, and, you know, and, and, and I think that it, it, it like I, my, Bryce, my buddy that I tattoo with, he, he, I think he thought I was about to get in a fist fight. Um, but, but the gentleman took it, took it pretty well and, and thought it through. And, you know, like, I personally don't condone racism or, or I, I accept everybody, right? Like, I want everybody to get along. That's why I travel to all these countries and learn all these things about different cultures. Because I really think that is, is what would change the world if we required, and I don't mean we as a country, I mean we as the world, required our young people you know, high school students, post-high school students, require that they travel, see other places, learn things about other people that aren't you, right? Right. Be exposed to things, eat things you wouldn't normally eat, see things you wouldn't normally see, broaden young people's minds and horizons, you know, outside of textbooks and, and things, and, and let them have experiences. Um, and and that eventually over a number of decades or generations will bring us together i i think for me personally i'm i'm getting to the point where i have fewer years left to live than i have lived right so likely for me i won't really see major change in the system I, i'm going to maybe as i'm maybe if we're lucky i don't know things are moving at a fast pace we might be heading towards a we'll see we'll see i just think that but the idea of us accepting each other for who we are and for where we are and not letting our own personal biases separate us, right? Like that's, uh, that 
that would solve a million problems, right? More more so than even, I mean, because that solves voting problems, and you know what I mean? Like that's because people think that acceptance and agreeance are the same thing, but they're different. You can not agree and still accept. Absolutely, absolutely. Because if something is different, it doesn't mean it's separate, right? And 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 I, I you know I sometimes people ask me about certain things when I'm tattooing, and I think that. Aside from us all becoming enlightened to the point where we just accept each other, one of a few things are going to happen. Either, you know, the government is now announcing that, yes, there are UFOs. We've seen a lot. of. So either we're going to realize there are people from another place here with us, and they're different, and we are all the same. Regardless of what we look like, what we believe, we're all now in this boat together, and there's that over there. That's why I never understood the, the word racism. Last I checked, we're all human race. But anyway. Right. Sure, sure. Um, or, uh, and this is scarily enough happening for real, two things are happening. One, uh, chimpanzees are making fire. Yes, I, I heard about that. Yes, that's kind of a frightening thought. Fortunately, we don't live anywhere near any chimpanzees. But also there are some gorillas <laughs> um, that have been going into villages and systematically attacking and killing human beings. Now, if that starts to happen on a bigger scale, then we have a, a new, you know, we're all the same. And there's that. There's... You, did you ever watch the show Zoo where the animals went crazy because of some? No. So, base, uh, it's, uh, is it Netflix? I think it's Netflix. Okay. Zoo, watch it. Check it out. You'll like it. It's really yeah. good. All the actors are amazing. Uh, but just what you're yeah. talking about. And then what else? Oh, like, the actual zombie apocalypse, right? Where, where we get sick and a certain group of the population becomes uncontrollable and then we're fighting them. That's when we all realize, we like, look, I don't... Enemy. We need a common enemy. We need and, a common and enemy. What and what we're about. doing right now, what, we're, what, we're, what we've been doing since, since society existed, really, is, you know, we're seeing, like, oh, like, look, we're all in this group. We're either all, like, rich people or we're all poor people or people or we're all white people and then those other groups are are the common enemy right they're the other but but we're really just all the same damn thing right like we're all i've been how many autopsies i've been to right when i was uh uh, on a homicide unit all red inside right it's exactly the same inside all the same exactly you're telling me you're telling me black and hispanic people don't have extra organs or something that makes them different (gasps) amazing nothing different you know like the only thing that separates us really are our beliefs and if we can just understand that that's okay to have a different belief man i don't know i think a lot but that's i guess that's where we're at now so i think that's a great place to end the podcast i mean that's (laughs) Um, what I was going to say is when you were also talking about like having a common enemy, that made me think of the movie Watchmen oh, as yeah. well. Yeah, yeah. yeah for sure. Like Dr. Manhattan. Um, I know before we also wrap up, uh, AG had some other news to also share with our oh. listeners as well, if you we wanted to touch on that briefly, if you got oh, a yes, moment. Please. Yep, I was going to actually do that just now. Yes, yeah, so um, the big news is that we now finally have a Patreon. I got my Ooh. ass off the ground and actually set it up finally. So you can check that out on patreon.com forward slash a mad lads podcast um, and there's different tiers that you can support at. Um, it starts at 4 or you can also do $1 and 
Um, I'm on just access uh, weekly updates, but we've currently got a text post up there and the bonus episode, which was 20 minutes of Jared Pagan and Hatter jamming out some guitars that we had to cut out from episode 8. So that's already up on there and we're planning on including a lot more stuff, so make sure you guys go check out and get yourself added on Patreon because there's going to be a lot of stuff that you definitely don't want to miss. And also, also, yep, I was going to say, don't forget to join us. Click where? How do they get to us? For the Discord, it would be bit.ly forward slash the mad lads Discord. And each of those letters are going to be capitalized or all lowercase, both work. Right. Now, our usual stuff. We always talk about our social platforms. So, why don't you tell us uh, where to find your podcast, what it's called, your Twitter, anything else to promote on? Okay. Well, Facebook, whatever you want. Yeah. Okay. So uh, my podcast is the Ballad of Freddie Ray. Um, you can find that on, on you know, iPod or uh, what's it called? Apple. Apple. Apple podcast. Apple podcast. There you go. Um, Spotify, uh, Amazon. Um, you know, and and it's on a bunch of smaller platforms too. I don't know what right. they all are. You go um, through Anchor FM. He's Buzzsprout. Okay, we do Anchor. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then uh, at Freddie Ray on instagram um and then uh you know our facebook page is the gypsy vault um otherwise i'm on there i got my personal page but i don't post you guys are in the midwest and need some amazing tattoos uh hit up freddie ray um not only will you get an awesome tattoo but you'll probably get an awesome conversation while you're getting it so yeah yeah sorry fellas i i tend to talk a lot so sorry you guys no we love it no 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 we this is what we're here for yeah right cool cool well, thanks for having me out here. Definitely. Click it. Where, where can they find you? Um, so if you're on Twitch, I'm on uh, you know, twitch.tv forward slash X click it X, just like a mouse click, you know. Um if you're on Twitter, you can find me at, at sign and then Theo Rules, T-H-E-O-R-U-L-E-Z. And those are the two main platforms that I'm on besides this podcast. Uh mind you, both my communities are 18 plus, so you know, keep that in mind. Any miners will be blocked on site. AG, how about you, buddy? Um, well, you might want to look under your bed. I might be there right now. <laughs> but apart <Shit>. from that, <laughs> apart from that, um, I'm on Twitch on Twitch.tv forward slash AG Developer, where I stream just basically whenever I'm not doing podcast stuff. Um, so leisure playing games and drinking. It's all eighteen plus, just like Click said. So just be mindful of that. I'm also on Twitter at AG underscore developer and any other platform will be either be AG developer, AG underscore developer or my name, Adic Quapas. And how about uh, you, Hatter? I, uh, I haven't been uh, on Twitch very much recently, but that should change and I should get back to my normal or semi-normal schedule uh, here soon. Uh, and you can find that at twitch.tv backslash madhatter and all one word. You can find me on Facebook at Hatter Durant. And I think it's mad.hatter.and on Twitter. Or Hatter Durant. You can find it there, too. Um, yeah, big, big thanks, Freddie, for joining. We're, we're going to have to have you back on sometime, man. Oh, yeah, anytime. Thank it. you. Yeah, when you're running for political office, just let yeah, us know. We'll, you have, got you, we'll have you back on. <laughs> I'll fly all the way over. For, I'll fly all the way over to Scotland just to vote for you. Then return. <laughs> oh, great. Oh, we're already in the voter fraud. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> All right, listeners, uh, glad you could all join us. I'm going to hand it back to our captains to take you down for the flight. Hope you guys all join us next week for our next podcast. 
no no uh no idea what we're going to be talking about but as always guys you know it's always fun and enjoyable take care we love you and be safe till next week as we come into approach I want to thank you for flying with Mad Lads. Uh, We have enjoyed your company, and we wish you well on your journey through life. We hope to see you again at the Mad Lads Podcast.